did he already have like a rattlesnake fetish and he just start wearing rattlesnake jeans to go with it no no or does he act that way because he has rattlesnake pants because he has rattlesnake jeans because he's from the alternate dimension where the dinosaurs evolved into humans instead of instead of uh primates no it's iggy iggy and spike are the two thugs iggy is the, the smooth one who's the rattlesnake and spike's the dumbass with the beard and the horrible hair what's going on down there It's episode 439 of WTFW. It's the it's the night before Christmas, as far as my family is concerned, because we do it the European way, where the 24th is the main day. Snobbing it, snobbing it up over here. Snobbing it up. Hey, Seth. Seth Buzzer. What, do you stick your pinky out as you hang the mistletoe? I do. You're fancy. I do, and I think, like, huh. Surrounded by a city full of commoners who wait till the morning to celebrate. Huh. Uh... It's the 23rd of December. Seth, uh, hey. on, on, on your day before the night before Christmas, how are things going? I got off work at a very reasonable time. It's a Christmas miracle. Well, it helps that stores don't... Like, they order a bunch in the run-up to a holiday like Christmas. And then Friday, those are all deliveries that are going to happen after Christmas. So they cut way back. And then two stores weren't even open. So one of the runs that's usually 22 pallets long mm-hmm. was only seven pallets today. Hey! And then we got two new guys at work. And they're... they're, they're they not, hired two people. They're not broken yet? Well, they're not trained yet either. Oh. So they, they're they still... <laughs> they're learning. Right now they're, they're in the burden phase. <laughs> like it's a burden <laughs> to have these people around. But oh. they have to get through being a burden to be useful. I thought you meant the burden phase was since they don't know how to do anything, they are just treated as beasts of burden and they carry heavy stuff around. Well, that's part of training. Oh, okay. But they slow down the person that's training them. Yeah, so. yeah. But, you know, it's looking up. And I got my Christmas bonus the other day, and that came with getting yelled at by the owner. Yay! What's... <laughs> All right, you scumbag. No, <laughs> I walked into his office. I was summoned. He's like, oh, go into the office. I'm like, okay, well, this is the Christmas bonus. I know what's going on. He's going to tell me I did a good job. I'll say thank you. We'll shake hands and I'll leave because I got a lot of work to do. I'm not going to, like, hang around in there and chit-chat. I walk into his office. I wasn't even planning on sitting down because I figured this is going to be fast. He goes, close the door. I'm like, okay. I close the door. And then he immediately starts flapping his hands around and turning red. And I went, I better sit down. (laughs) It's going to be a while. (laughs) I was able to turn it around, though. I was able to turn around by the end, and it it ended positively, but apparently someone ratted out something I had said recently, and he he took offense. Uh, I I think it was... I I have two likely suspects, and I think both of them thought they were helping by by ratting me out. And all that I did was complain about how much overtime we'd been getting. It's not like I was like calling anybody names or threatening the company or something. But. And that boss of ours gets too much overtime. Yeah, but I turned it around at the end. It, it yeah. ended positive. I, I used some persuasive arguments. It was the other guy. <laughs> the guy who ratted me out actually said it all. Eat him. Well, I, I did. I gave him a little bit of the Heisenberg from Breaking Bad, and I was like, I don't know what 
you think you know about me? <laughs> or I don't know what you think I've done. <laughs> did, you, did you pull a little pork pie hat out of your jacket and just put it on? Yeah. And yeah. then I blew him up with a chemical bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to win an argument. Um, Seth, <laughs> speaking of chemical bombs, <laughs> no, speaking of Christmas miracles, last week we had the news that the, the final issue of the Transformers Collectors Club magazine would have uh, an exclusive reveal of Titan's Return Cup. Yeah. Uh, except we only had the cover, so we kind of spent a little bit saying there's not much to say, and then we moved on. Uh, John DeLuna on Twitter took photos of all the photos of Cup from inside the magazine, uh, which also revealed that it was a review of a, a, an early test shot by Ben Yee uh, titled Titan's Return Master's Cup. So that probably was something that, that didn't quite make it through the editor. But uh, it is a clear look at Titan's Return Cup, uh, his vehicle mode from both sides. And then, it, like, the whole review is not necessarily captured in the photos, but a, a good chunk of it is. Most of the second page is. Uh, so if you want to have a read of that, too, it's it's in there. Um, but the, the figure is looking, looking pretty neat. Uh, there's some color problems, but I am curious what stage of production this figure is actually in. And whether or not that stuff that might be changed by the time he comes out. Like, I don't think we even know what wave he's in. Well, I think you also have to maybe hang back on passing too much judgment about the colors. Because these are photos of a page. Yeah. It's not even the photos that are on the page. Oh, no, no, not not the hues. It's mostly just, like, the, oh, the, the head the is... color placements and stuff. Yeah, like, like the head is, like, wearing a gray helmet in the, the way it's oh, laid yeah. out. And like that, yeah. that kind of bums me out. That's that's really the main thing where I'm like, I I bet that's probably gonna go through like that, but I, I hope it doesn't because even the artwork uh, has him with a, you know, turquoise helmet. But uh, as we I were, love the face on the artwork too. It's I, like, yeah, <laughs> so grumpy. Uh, I'm I'm guessing that's Marcelo Matier, but if it isn't, then you know, uh, I hope someone can no, correct me. No, it's Cup. No, I mean, who did the <laughs> someone who did the artwork? <laughs> Is this how you won the argument? <laughs> I've been hearing some things. What with your stupid ears? I've... <laughs> You've been hearing the wrong things. Yes, sir. Uh, well, last week we were hoping that this would be a, a, a retro '86 space pickup truck, and Kalu Kalei it is, uh, with a working cockpit up front and two guns and a little little headmaster called Flintlock, which is a great name for a partner for Cup. Uh, so I think that the this this looks like a decent figure. Like I would love to see uh, you know the more premium paint job he is likely to get from Takara Tomy since he's not like one of the original headmasters. So you know Blur and Scourge got major paint ups rather than getting like a partner drone and a new face sculpt. And I expect the same thing will probably happen for Cup. But I I think he looks he looks all right. Like I, I kind of like the the way that uh, he very clearly is a new design. He's not he's not any deluxe we've seen before, heavily retooled. Like his arms are folded up behind the cockpit, and uh, Ken Noisemays mentioned that his legs split in half, which it took me a little bit to kind of identify. I I can't actually explain it that well if if you need details, but I sort of see what he means. Uh, so I, I think it looks fine. Um, you know, it doesn't doesn't look aces perfect, but it looks all right. I I pick it up. How do you feel, Seth? Uh, I think the shapes are there in the truck mode, but like because of how the arms are, I mean, it does look maybe a little sloppy-ish, mm. but I don't think it's bad. And I think the, the the effect of the cockpit is pretty cool, like the way the whole the whole glass opens up and the the, the headmaster fits inside. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I have mostly positive feelings. 
It's, it's um, kind of weird to realize that that is actually a cockpit on the old cup design. I always forget that. Like, the, that's, a, that's a windshield. Yeah. And that's ostensibly where a person would sit. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem remembering that's what that's supposed to be. I have so many problems. That's just one of them. <laughs> well, my problem right now is because I'm so easily distracted. Um, ever since the beginning, when you read the name John DeLuna, I mm-hmm. just started building this whole narrative in my head that he's locked in this eternal struggle with his do- doppelganger, John DeSola. <laughs> I like this narrative. Uh, yeah, like we, they're they're eternally trapped in this ongoing struggle. We can always ask him, like if the if there is a John DeSola. I mean, he might if he doesn't have any context, it might be confusing, but that would only be proof that something's up. But which one is the evil one? Oh God, yeah, because like the moon might might be the good one. What if DeSola's... that might be the twist? Because you would assume that the sun is good. Hey, sometimes sun gods are bad people. You know, yeah, watch enough movies. They, they can be really arrogant pricks sometimes. Yeah. Like, you have to, you friggin' pull the head off one in God of War. So, think about it. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i looking forward to seeing, like, when this guy is coming out. I tried to find a date or a wave in the review, but I don't think there was one. So, I'm guessing that, you know, they just don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a really cool way for the magazine to close out, finally having, like, a full two-page review on an unreleased, never-before-seen official figure. Uh... I mean, it's not like it's going to really be a legacy thing, because then the toy will come out and this is a lot less special. But still, like, it's... It's, it's special now. Yeah. You know, grats to them. Uh, and it gives everyone something to talk about other than it's the last one. Yeah. <laughs> and the club's dead. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of... Like, I thought that, like, a, you know, photos or scans would kind of sneak out somewhere. But, like, this, this just kind of, like, popped right up the moment someone got it. And I was like, I bet there's no real... There's no real incentive to pursue keeping this under wraps at this point. There's no club to sell uh, by having the magazine remain exclusive. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to this Cup figure. Like, I think it looks good. I'm really happy that like Cup, Blur, and Hot Rod are going to be a trio of deluxes kind of under the same line. Uh, they'll probably look fine. Like, I've seen photos of, of you know Blur and Hot Rod and, and Deluxe RC, and they look fine. So... Uh, this kind of will round out a whole bunch of 80s uh, movie cast uh, under new but 80s derived stylings uh, rather than, you know, like the drift remold blur or cup being an actual earth pickup truck, which is fine. But I mean, you're good. Good. Oh, I was going to say, and if you if you are upset with the colors of the head, you know, I'm sure somebody's already working on a new head with a cigar. Oh, yeah. You have to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm expecting custom faceplates. Uh, I wonder if, like, this will be the one to finally get, like, someone with uh, an actual factory to do some faceplates. Because so far, faceplates and, and, and head modifications have almost entirely been the purview of Shapeways uh, up to this point. Uh, th- thanks to Shapeways getting that new Acrylate material, that stuff has, has been factory tier. It's just kind of expensive because that, that material is pricey to print in. But, uh, well, it's new. It is. But like I mentioned last week, I got some new Scourge sweep faceplates off Shapeways done in that Acrylate, and they look like injection molded plastic. Like, it's it's gorge for that stuff. Uh, last name, Us. Anyway, uh, that that's about all there is to say about uh, Cup, other than, you know, just wait. Like, he has a package done, so I'm guessing he's probably the wave after the next one, or the, I guess, current one now. But we'll see. Um, 
moving on from there, we got some new picture picks. Seth, you got uh, you got a timely new picture pick of a toy that just came out. Yeah, this is something we've talked about in the past, but we're bringing it up because it's just come out. Yeah. Uh, e Hobby Bat Primal. This is E Hobby Bat Primal. New pictures, including packaging. Looks like pretty good packaging. I yeah. mean, it's a box. It's weird. It's a box, the... and then when you take the tray out of the box, it's just like this cardboard tray. And there's, and... A, there's a comic book that's bigger than the box. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of which, weird. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like in a plastic bag jammed in a cardboard tray. Yeah. I mean, the artwork's nice, but it's not much of a box. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's I'm really, very functional as a box. I'm really curious about the comic book, because the comic book appears to be someone having just decapitated Bat Primal uh, in front of an audience. And I, I want to know what the story is behind that. Well, maybe they think that they're badass and like, yeah, I cut your head off, Bat Primal. And then he's mm. like, ah, stupid, I am Bat Primal on Transforms. It starts punching him in the face with his little yeah. fists. Just pokes his eye out. And like, now what? Now you're blind. <laughs> yeah. Trump. Uh, there's also a sticker sheet with this guy where you get Autobot, Predacon, and Maximal stickers. But then you also get a white square. White square. I, I really would like to know what that's for. Unless that's just supposed to be a fourth chest option. I'm not sure, but... I haven't really dug too deep. I'm expecting the instructions will lay out, like, if those are all options or something like that. But uh, it's kind of cool to include, like, a Predacon symbol for if you are doing, like, a, you know, a custom for the, the Croca Megatron head to go with. Yeah. Um, I almost bought someone, I think it was Cheetamus. And then another, a different customizer did, I think, two or three of them as well. Uh, like, customizers, not mass-producing, but multi-producing Alligator Megatron repaints of Skullcruncher in anticipation of this set, I almost bought them a couple times, uh, but then didn't have enough money. And uh, I think they're all gone now. But that was a very tempting thing for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am... I'm, I want to pick this... I want to pick up Convo Bat still, but uh, I did. I decided to not like go right in day one, because now that I have Mind Wipe, and that was, that's a whole lot of money for Mind Wipe, I, I would like to hold off a bit until I've recharged my fa- finances a bit more. Yeah, I guess maybe I'm still a little more excited because I haven't come across a mind wipe yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking at this picture that has it next to the original toy, seeing if there's something there that indicates what the white rectangle would be for, but I don't see anything in these pictures that stands out particularly. Yeah, all I can think of is that rectangle looks like it would fit really well on the, the other, you know, the insignia spot that he probably has on the middle of his chest. But uh-huh. I'm I, that's something where it's like, all right, need to see the instructions, need to read the comic like that stuff all helped a lot with because the, they had stickers like that that came with uh, Grand Scourge, the black repaint of Combiner Wars Optimus. And at a glance, the stickers were a little confusing. So I was like, are, am I supposed to put all these on or like where? And then it's like, no, they're for the shoulders. And there's also a blank one if you want him to have like colors on his shoulder, but no insignia. Ooh. Um, but I think that the end result, like this, this looks really good. Like the paint, uh, looks really sharp, very strong and vibrant. Uh, the colors are super close to the original. Um, and the ways that they're different are that there's more saturation. So I think they look better than the original. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to pick this up at some point. Uh, it looks like it turned out really well. Yeah. Yeah. The blue seems a lot more vibrant. Yeah. As do the reds. And then the question is, like, is this an old faded toy or was it always like that? I don't know. Yeah. I never had it. I was about to say, like, I just realized maybe that's just a faded copy. But I 
I haven't looked at a bat primal in a long time, and mine's over on the West Coast, so I, I don't really know. I can't remember if he looked any more vibrant back when he came out. But yeah. either way, like, I certainly am glad that they went for vibrant rather than trying to color match what could be a faded old toy. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, that, that's I think that happens from time to time, not not necessarily always an official, but I, I think it's happened at least once in unofficial toys. And it's always kind of weird uh, when it happens where it's like, well, the old toys look like this. And it's like, yeah, but yeah, they get so hung up on being accurate. Yeah, that they don't realize that what people want is what they remember, not what actually was. Like what... Sometimes you remember things being better than they were. Yeah, or, or whatever. Often it's like with colors like white, right? Like, you know, you'll have a figure that does this amazing color match to a very off smoky cream or a, a, a sort of gray like pseudo white. And I'm like, well, you really color match something, but I would have preferred it if it was just bone white. Like that would have been cooler. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Pantones are interesting. Um, so Convo Bat uh, is out now, as far as I understand. Uh, came out this week. So uh, if you've got one coming, then grats. Uh, I'm I'm probably if I don't pick one up online, then by the time conventions come around again, he'll probably have reached the top of my I want to get him list. Um, just the paint, the paint does look super good on this guy, and especially on like the Apex uh, Optimal Optimus thing. Like it's just a really cool little package. Um, my own new picture pick uh, is all kinds of unofficial. It's uh, DNA Design's first full figure. We've looked at it before, but uh, after a bit of a silence, they've got a finished test shot. Uh, you can see in the background, they probably got a whole bunch of pieces. Um, and this is like, I assume this is them putting together all the best pieces from this first run of factory parts, uh, if that's what it is. But it shows a lot of the workings of the figure, shows uh, how the hand has got some finger spread, which makes me happy, because the posable hands they did for Combiner Wars Devastator are some of the nicest posable hands I've seen in a while, so I was looking forward to seeing how they'd turn out on one of their own toys. Uh, they showed off, this guy has a waist swivel, um, I think probably because people asked, and uh, it also looks like the tank treads might be individually segmented things. Uh, if they are, then that makes me excited because I like that kind of stuff, provided it holds together well, you know, it doesn't fall apart. Uh, I think he's even got some segmenting on that orange kind of loincloth. And uh, yeah, I've, I've liked this design for a while, so I'm, I'm happy to see it continuing to move through production. I know people have uh, both questioned its validity, what with there being the Revenge of the Fallen bludgeon, and also a lot of people don't like that uh, the base face sculpt he has. But I like the base face sculpt, and I think this looks better than Revenge of the Fallen Bludgeon, so I'm, I'm super cool with this thing. And uh, they are doing an alternate face sculpt on the first run that looks a lot more bludgeon-y. Uh, they, they held, like, a vote on their Facebook page to figure all that stuff out. Probably not going to use it if I pick this up. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy this guy is moving through uh, production. Seth, I don't. I think we've talked about him before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. I mean, we've talked about several bludgeons, but uh, it's just fun that we both pick sort of repeat items in a yeah. way. <laughs> um, little updates. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he looks cool, but I think my opinion then still kind of holds that I'm just not in the market for a really expensive bludgeon right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, having like individually articulated segments of tank tread is is neat. Yeah, I, I like it more than rubber in the long run, because uh, especially having picked up some vintage GoBots, I'm getting... I had one of those phases where I suddenly realized, like, yo, rubber degrades, and there's a lot of rubber on my toys right now. 
So I, yeah. actually, I went and got some stuff to fix it up. I still haven't done it, but I got some of that gummy fledge stift stuff, uh, which is supposed to seal and moisturize rubber for car parts, but also works for toys. Yeah. Yeah, but because you can see in the robot mode pictures, he has sections of track hanging off his shoulders and thighs. And if it was rubber strips, I don't think they would lay well. Yeah. The way it kind of does here. But also looking at this picture, it looks weird how his shoulders work. Oh. Where like they're attached to the shoulder pad and not his torso. Oh, yeah. I My assumption is that like the shoulder pad is like the main connector, but it's, I think there's like yeah. jointing inside to make it look more like an arm that's moving. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, clearly the effect is supposed to be that it's shoulder pads, but the fact that the arm is connected to the inside of the pad, not to the torso at all. Mm. Just looks a little weird in that shot. Maybe other angles hides it better. I think the, the, the really close up picture where he's holding his sword and it's kind of going up the middle of the picture. Uh-huh. If you look in there, it looks like he does his arms. maybe oh, do yeah. connect to the, yeah. to the torso. I just noticed that. Okay. That other angle just hid yeah. where it's connecting. So like that big round part looks like the shoulder where it looks like, and from that picture, it looks like there's some more pieces in there. Yeah. So okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, we're, we'll actually know how he works in full sooner than later. Like, if they've got a finished piece, I, I, I'm hoping that they are capable of shooting some kind of like transformation demo or something. Because um, there, there are more companies starting to do that now, and I really like that. That like they're just like, all right, we're gonna film a transformation demo, just something real quick. We'll film with a cell phone, you know, just so there's there's less theorizing about how it works um what's this what's this photo this is a deviant art link ah yeah well when you're talking about articulated fingers it made me think about how <laughs> much you dislike toys that flip the bird so I, I got a story for you related to that this is a perfect tangent uh bluefin tamashi nations just did an english language video uh about their upcoming sh figure arts the rock and stone cold figures uh-huh. Uh, where they demonstrated, like, you know, the, the finished packaging, what they're all coming with, all the different head sculpts and everything. Uh, so, number one, the relevant thing, they were like, well, Austin's known for flipping the bird, so we have especially articulated a set of hands for him. So his, his like, open hands, where the fingers are, are sort of splayed out, you can close them into fists, but then individually raise only the middle finger. It is the only raisable individual finger on one of his sets of hands. As it should be. And I was like, this is war. This is war. You're just starting war with me. Like, I understand. But it's a dude who made a living flipping off the crowd and everybody oh, totally, else. Totally. I was just like, man, like, if there ever was a feature that was like, you know, on paper, the bullet point of it, individually jointed flip off finger, made me sort of sit there and go like, this, this, this is weird. Like, you know, it's, it's necessary. They should be something like that on him. Uh, so anyway, for the benefit of the people listening, I just Googled um, toy flipping bird and found like a resin figure uh, that is a little guy whose like entire body is a giant hand flipping yeah. the middle finger. <laughs> he's kind of like if you've seen the, the Netflix film Mascots, he's kind of like the fist from Mascots. I haven't seen that yet. It's all right. I watched I it on a plane. Um, I want I wanted to watch it because because uh, one of the guys from the IT crowd was in it. He was he was kind of my favorite part. Um, the, the other Irish thing, guy. yeah, I, the Irish guy. Uh, the other thing I'm I want to say. Another thing I wanted to say about that video, which kind of didn't blow my mind, but it was something I didn't think I'd see from something about like licensed products. But like by the end of that video, 
during the video, when they're talking about the head sculpts, they're like, you know, these figures aren't going to have that doe-eyed stare into space effect you get from most wrestling toys. And I was like, whoa, that's 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 kind of a direct <laughs> swing right at Mattel. And then at the end of the video, they were like, it's time for wrestling fans to have a change. They literally hold up Andre the Giant and Big John Studs WWE Elite figures by Mattel. And they're like, these Rudy Pooh candy ass toys, they're out of the picture. And they just throw them on the floor. And then show a lingering shot of the Mattel figures lying discarded on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, whoa! <laughs> like, I kind of liked it, because whatever. Uh, but I was like, Mattel still has the license. And then you got the license, and then you're just insulting other license holder. And, like, that's kind of funny, because it's also for wrestling. But, like, whoa! <laughs> well, it's kayfabe. Yeah, you know, they're all friends, really. They go in the back and pat backs but no I, you know it's not often you see a toy company just straight up call out another toy company all, all using all of their toy company name but like literally showing the only other wwe figures on the market and go like these are trash buy ours um yeah theirs are a little weird looking too so well also like because i think i think that the i think the fig arts ones look better but fig arts is doing maybe four figures ever yeah for wrestling uh, they're doing Optimus Prime, Starscream, Prime, Megatron, Starscream. and Bumblebee. Yeah, you know, classic, iconic '80s wrestlers. Um, anyway, that was just on my mind. Still, I saw that yesterday, and I was laughing my <laughs> head off. I was like, I can't, I, I, I kind of like that you threw Mattel under the bus, but that that's. I also just think it's really funny that you got away with it because whatever you're bluefin. Um, Seth, I've got a, a bunch of listener questions for us. So we're hitting the end of the year, and we kind of got a big pile. It's a light news week. Let's let's get into this. Yeah, let's jam it out. Woo. Lister question from Malinus T. Uh, he says, a Dragon Ball podcast I listen to does this cool thing where if there's not much news that week, they'll put together an episode about a particular subject relating to Dragon Ball, such as martial arts and mythology. Do you think a special episode like this is worth considering for your podcast, or would a lack of news more likely lead to a week off from doing podcasting? After nope. asking this, I realize that's basically what the supplemental is, so let's rephrase. Will we get more supplemental episodes in the near future? Even if just another lengthy rant about the Unicron trilogy, I'm sure you guys will make it fun. Keep Rider, Rider kicking those chuggerts into infinity infinity uh yeah like we're, we're not gonna probably take a week off from the podcast ever but uh i, I like this idea is it's mostly a case of with transformers the news flow is right now often is a little unpredictable uh sometimes suddenly all kinds of stuff drops uh not just because of toy shows um but as for supplementals like that's always where i'm sticking interviews uh as for us getting together and recording like a dedicated talk um, I don't feel like that's something we're going to do like anytime soon, just because of the general vibe of things, but it's never off the table. It's just, I wouldn't say it's super likely. Um, that sounds more like the sort of thing we do for a movie or a video game or something. Yeah. Uh, also cause like as far as topics for transformers, like, with, with, you know, martial arts and mythology are things you can really deep dive into with transformers. I think it would be more like character focuses or, you know, finally talking more about comic books, uh, and, and, so it's it's not I don't think it's quite as open uh, for stuff. I at least I know I'd have interest in talking about. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but like if you know if Aaron suddenly goes like, no, I want to record a podcast about helicopters because I still want to insist that they're real. Like I'd put it up and I'd put a disclaimer on the front going like this man is insane. 
but this uh, is a work of fiction. The views expressed by this raving lunatic are not necessarily those of the rest of the WTF at TFW podcast. Yeah, like I just I just insinuated helicopters are real, and now you hear sirens going past my window. So think about that next time you think you're on a quote unquote helicopter. Um, now, if this is a Dragon Ball podcast and they have weeks where there isn't much to talk about, why don't they just spend an episode powering up? That's totally on topic for Dragon Ball. A half hour of, of the, just going, the host ah! just going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> Although, I would love to hear the one where they're really getting tired of it. Like, you know, the one where they're phoning in the ah episode. It's just like, well, we're getting paid for this. Uh, 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 but yeah, supplementals right now are more often going to be like one-off recordings with guests, like interviews or... It's often guests who approach me, you know, like the the, the fellow from. <laughs> the fellow. I don't even want to do interviews and guests. It's just if they, oh, would you please interview me, Mister Vangelis? I guess so. That's literally how the discussions go, Seth. You've been listening into my <laughs> Skype conversations. You spy? You got? You, have you bugged me? Uh, cause, yeah, like like you know the, the the last couple of supplementals have primarily just been sort of off the cuff things or, or folks saying, "Hey, I'd love to." To talk about this thing and I, I find it interesting so i'm like yeah let's let's record um but you Kurt, don't completely bore me i suppose we could do an interview it's weird how they still show up when i do that and put out <laughs> cigarettes on their on their hands and stuff uh but yeah that's that's, that's kind of the current state of things right now with the the way that is that someone with an air horn outside holy crap <laughs> Well, you know, it's almost Christmas. <laughs> yeah, the Christmas air horn. Uh, classic, classic stuff. Uh, right now, the the way my time works, like, I, I like doing our weeklies. I like doing supplementals here and there when, you know, the subject comes up. But then I... That was on Seth's end. That wasn't me. That wasn't my neighborhood. <laughs> but uh, the rest of my spare time, I, I, I like putting into video stuff right now because it's more interest for me. Um... So, you know, that's kind of the way things are rolling right now. Uh, we're still all, I think, really cool with doing the weekly thing and doing stuff that times with movies and, and video games. And then anything outside of that, like if someone if someone else does more of the organizational work, then I'm more up for it. But I, I don't really want to do more behind the scenes stuff other than like exporting the finished file. Uh, but that's just me. And that's the situation we have here uh, and the situation I have myself. So it'll always shift. Our podcast has changed many times subtly. Uh, like when, you know, we very quietly remove hosts. Uh, <laughs> which I realize, like, it, it, it's actually, if you think about it from the listener perspective, especially a listener who comes in, like, now, and then just goes back to the back catalog and starts hearing all these other people, like, it is a common thing on the internet where podcasts lose hosts because of loud arguments. So, uh... Yeah, we. I'll say it here on a recording. As far as I know, uh, we have not burned a bridge with any of our former hosts. Drew and Lupus and Gog have all kind of, you know, moved on to either having less time or less interest or, you know, whatever comes in between. And uh, we've had we've had Gog back on at least once, I think. And it's just it's like again, you know, if if I get a message saying, "Hey, can I pop on? I'm free now," and it syncs up with everything, then it's like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Um, yeah, like Lupus did a did a short comeback at one point like he was gone for a while and then yeah. he came back for a couple of weeks and then it just didn't like because he had gotten a new job right yeah and that was conflicting with time 
I think and it was first... Drew was a similar situation. It was there was a new job and he, and he moved. Yeah. And just, you know, sometimes I, I think with, with lupus, with lupus, he went to, he was going to, he's going to school and then came back, but then got another job or something. Like, I think it was school yeah. then a job for lupus. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I am never going to, if, if I'm never going to, going to tell one of them, if they're saying like, Hey, can I pop back on? I'm not going to be like, no, no, our time is done. Our you t- left. You bore me. You the did I- not show loyalty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were disloyal. You proved your loyalty when you left, traitor. And then I whip out my my stormtrooper riot stick and just start laying into them. I don't have a stormtrooper riot stick. You should get one. Do they make one? Like I don't think they made one. Like a mm-hmm. roleplay toy of it. They just make lightsabers. Yeah, somebody should. You'd think with how meme that guy got. And it had spring loaded stuff happening on it. Like, yeah, like you know, little, even open. a a little Lights kid version, sounds. yeah, like a kid version that could just twirl a whole bunch. That'd be neat. Anyway, um, our next listener question is from Captain Slowbro, and it's also just a one for. Uh, he says, "Dear Evangelist and Co., it is I, Captain Slowbro, etc., etc. Recently, I've been looking around Mandarake for old Car Robots Rid 2001 figures. Optimus Prime slash Fire Convoy was my very first Transformer, and I've always wanted to track down another one ever since I lost my original. Car Robots Rid has immense nostalgic value for me, and I'm always looking to expand my collection." All that aside, my question is this, which lines have particular value for you, whether it be for nostalgic reasons or otherwise? Additionally, are there any figures you had that you lost, sold, etc. that you'd like to track down again one day? Uh, cheers and happy holidays. Click. So, Seth, uh, is there any like Transformers line among Transformers lines that really holds a value for you? Well, the original G1 stuff is like the most nostalgia driven, but similar to a uh to the listener um car robot slash rid was that was my return to transformers so mm-hmm. there there's a lot of fond memories and feelies regarding that line um those are the two that i would probably name yeah the most for me it's probably uh galaxy force cybertron is one of the biggest ones because like there was just a, a huge sense of magic about that line when it was coming out it was like it was like this massive return to form. Uh, the the it was like the crown jewel on when Transformers, starting with Armada through Energon, was kind of rediscovering itself aesthetically. I, I felt like Cybertron Galaxy Force was sort of the 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 moment when everything just clicked into place beautifully. Um, and another one is is animated because for per, a lot of personal reasons, actually, like that the animated uh, show debut was when I was on my trip to Japan. Uh, animated toys were ha- kind of how I got started doing youtube stuff um all that time we spent like digging in animated talking to Derek wyatt learning about uh the design work of the show talking to producer on the show etc etc like there's a lot of really really good personal moments that relate to the airing of transformers animated for me um so i've always felt super protective of, of that toy line as far as like not ever ditching any of it and just like like I'm, I'm always about three steps away from restarting collecting it but with the japanese versions um and i already have like five or six japanese animated toys so yeah i I hold a lot of importance with that line uh, on a personal level um but the other part of this seth is there anything you've you've, like lost sold etc you really want to track down again one day um i would like to get a g1 shockwave in better condition the one i have is pretty rough Mm. um 
I mean, and then like for Lost, it it just would have been like the toys as I had when I was a kid, even though they're all in kind of busted up shape or would have been if they were still around because, you know, they were heavily played with. Mm-hmm. But uh, I never really got rid of anything since I started collecting, um, even though I probably should. So I just, since I started collecting again, I I haven't got rid of anything to miss. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same position. I mean, I've sold stuff, but rarely do I sell something. And then, like, and this is weird because, like, my biggest reason I don't sell a lot of stuff is because I have, like, this whole thing of, like, oh, but what if I want to mess with it again sometime? But, like, you know, when I do sell things, I very rarely feel like I want to mess with them again. Like, the only things I think I might one day wish I'd hung on to were the Guto Kuru figures of Jinrai and Minerva. But, like, I haven't felt it yet, and they were certainly just taking up space uh, back when I got rid of them. So, yeah, because otherwise, everything I had as a kid, I mostly, you know, it's still in a box somewhere. Um, the only one that jumps to mind is I used to have a really beat up GoBots command center that we sold at a, at a, at a garage sale because we figured it was so beat up that, like, I'd, someday I, we should, you know, just find a better one. And that was, like, when I was still, like, in grade school, we sold that thing. And I, I never found another one. But I, I'm fine with it. Like, I don't really need another one. <laughs> Um, exists. It's, it's not a great toy, so yeah. I, I guess I'm just fortunate that I'm I'm not in that position of of really like missing something I once had. Um. Anyway, I think that that answers the question. So uh, now we can okay, get into before the... we move oh. on. So I went looking. Yeah, there was a replica Z6 riot control baton on sale at Etsy, but it's gone. Uh, all they have on Etsy now is like a kind of crummy looking 3D printed one but there's lots of sites that have directions on how to build your own out of PVC pipe well I don't know how to use PVC pipe it's just plastic I don't know how to use plastic I don't know you can build your own I'm so bad at building things you wouldn't even believe you just you build models and crap on YouTube and Legos. Yeah, but that stuff is super linear. It's not like you actually have to like measure things and cut stuff. You're linear. I am linear. But look at this dude. He's like, no aim required. Oh, I thought it meant like building the thing required no aim. I was like, maybe I can do that. That's a silly. That's a silly gif. I like that gif a lot. He, that first frame when he's looking at the camera, looking all stoked, like he's just about to do his move. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. You could be cool like that guy. I don't know, man. I don't know if I could be cool like that. Anyway, that was on MakeMagazine.com. Just Google the Z6 riot control baton, and you'll find directions. I think I read its Wikipedia page once. I don't remember any of it. Uh, I do remember we have another question, though. This was yeah, a multi-parter. Let's get Listener questions, questions from Riddler87. Says, hello, WTFTFW crew. As usual, I'm sending in a couple questions that have been bouncing around my head to ask you guys. Starting off, I've never really had access to a comic store while I lived in Ohio. I recently moved to St. Paul, Minnesota, and now live just a 10-minute trip from the Source comic shop. Uh, While I've tried to keep my ear low to the ground on the IDW Transformers comics and occasionally pick up trades on trips to Barnes & Noble or reading pack-in comics, I've never been able to keep up with it regularly. So far, I've picked up the Combaticons arc of Till All Are One, so basically the first four issues, 
and the four main issues of Titans Return. The last one is why I had to buy a Sentinel Prime. I was wondering what advice or background knowledge you would give someone who is now able to go all in on Transformers comic books. Are there any storylines to track down and what can I skip? So I know Seth hasn't got like as much to offer on this one, but I can really quickly give you an answer, especially if you enjoyed what you read and it was like really new stuff. Um, also, I'm assuming that you don't have any interest in going digital. Um, if, if you do, then I, what I can tell you is, yo, you could have gone digital a while ago, man. But yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if, if you Comicology. Wanna, it's kind of cool. Yeah. If you want to stick to physical, though, like what you should read next, um, I think that uh, the hardcovers actually are getting into the current era. Like it's uh, phase two. I think there's at least two volumes of that out now under the IDW collection. Um, those things are in reading order. They're hardcovers, so it might not be your bag, but they are in reading order and thus like one of the best ways to just get right into stuff. But I would say like just go back to Death of Optimus Prime and then start reading More Than Meets the Eye and uh, Robots in Disguise, which eventually stops being called Robots in Disguise. Because like, you know, the stuff that started back then is kind of the, the backbone of what you recently read. Um, and it's all pretty, like it has its ups and downs, but it's pretty, pretty solid stuff. Like if you want to skip something, Dark Cybertron is probably the lowest point of modern IDW, but it still was like, I, honestly, I think it was, it was fine. It just wasn't very good. Uh, it didn't ruin the universe though. And, and they learned a lot from it moving onwards, but Man, like, I wish you were into digital, because there was a great Humble Bundle that was out a couple months ago that really could have filled this in. But, like, yeah, any anything written by John Barber and James Roberts, like, their runs are kind of the the main thing to check out. Uh, they also uh, worked on, or James Roberts, James Roberts worked on a, a short series called Chaos Theory that was within the previous Transformers ongoing, and it's kind of a pre-version of More Than Meets the Eye. Um, also, Last Stand of the Wreckers is, is, up, is, is up in that area of, like, you know, pre-Death of Optimus Prime. Um, and that, that's really all like the most solid stuff to read right now. Um, not to say that there's like bad stuff before then. I still have a soft spot for the, the opening Asian miniseries is, but like the, that's, that's definitely the place to go to right now. Um, and you know, that's kind of the answer you'd get from the general internet. So, you know, I wish I had something more nuanced for you, but really the, the Barbara Roberts era of IDW is the strongest, uh, Transformers comic book stuff I've seen in decades uh, as far as having a universe really keeping a tight hold on continuity uh, especially between characters the only characters who sort of are um, gelatinous as far as their personalities are like Soundwave and Megatron uh, and it, the ways that they are gelatinous are they were kind of they were plot elements for a while, and then recently their their personalities have become far more interesting, just in a way that makes it weird to read stuff like All Hail Megatron, knowing that they become these characters. I don't mind, though, because it's them becoming interesting standalone characters rather than literally elements of the plot. Like, that's always been my problem with Megatron in comic books, is he's always kind of... Uh, the way he acts is always in service of the plot, hundred uh, percent, not really in service of who he is as a character up until uh, a year or two ago when uh, the second season of More Than Meets the Eye started. So, hope that answered your question. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to read that's all pretty good. A um, couple, couple years worth now. Uh, and then if you finish all that and you want to read more, like go back and read the original opening arcs of IDW. Like there, there are some really cool ideas they started with, which haven't been abandoned. Just a lot of them have been not revisited in a while. But, you know, the, like the phases of invasion are still uh, at least softly referenced up until like even a couple of years ago when they were talking about phase sixers as characters. So 
do all that. Also, like, it, it'll be a lot cheaper if you if you kind of hang out and wait to see if there's like a humble bundle drop and you're okay with digital. Like, that's also okay too. But you know, I respect it if you want to stick to physical. Like, I know there are people who just really prefer paper in hand with reading books. I really like the convenience of digital. It's so like convenient. I don't read a lot of stuff, but when I do, it's convenient. Like it's, last year on the, um, Comicsology had a big sale on the Marvel Star Wars, the old the old stuff. Yeah, the eighty stuff, and uh, I bought the entire run of that. I don't remember how much it was, but it couldn't have been too expensive. Otherwise, it wouldn't have bothered. Mm. I, <clears throat> but I, that I was just, fun going through those old comics. I really like the shift I've made of like. When I buy physical comics, it's to buy like a really nice hardcover edition. Uh-huh. Um, with you know, which is, like the IDW collections are great because they print them more or less. There's a few errors here and there, but like they more or less print them in reading order, uh, which is way easier than like, especially with stuff like the spotlights in the early years. Like because the spotlights all came out in their own soft cover trades, and so you'd have to be reading the trades of the ongoing and then go like, oh, this is the point where I should probably pop over to the spotlights trade and start reading this. And like I just, I just find that more confusing, and I find like soft cover trades, I, I have a whole lot of them, uh, or at least I used to have a whole more lot of them. And hardcovers just feel so much nicer on a shelf. They look nicer. They're they I don't know. They feel more like prestigious physical items, and and digital is just a great way to keep up with the weeklies without building up a whole ton of like, you know, boxes of floppies. Um, yeah, like I was trying to uh, catch up with. Uh... Marvel's last run of New Mutants a few years ago. I don't know if it was the last run, but mm-hmm. it, it was like the return of the New Mutants as a title. And that was one of the first superhero comics I read, and I was really into it. And I'm like, I'm going to read this new one. So I was buying the trades, and it was a case where you get to a point, and it's like, oh, the next two or three issues of New Mutants aren't going to be in this series of trades like every other issue has been. You have to buy this trade from this crossover event. Mm. So you have this this one issue of this other title because it's the crossover trade, but it's the only way to keep the continuity of the episode or the issues, and that kind of annoyed me and then I lost interest. <laughs> well, and with big crossovers, like IDW just had Revolution, and it's it's the first crossover IDW's done that went like to the degree of like one of the big two where there's like the main crossover book, but then there's also like five or six tie-in books that are all like one shots, but you know, they all tie into it and they're worth most of at least three of them are worth reading (laughs) along with the main five. And I found like back when civil war started, one of the most like one of the things that put me off floppies was when civil war started. And I was like, Oh, I got to keep up with all the civil war. And I tried to buy everything. And then I just had this giant stack of paper a good third of it was actual trash and really bad. And then I was like, well, now I'm stuck with all this physical stuff that I also don't want. Uh, there's this degree of safety with digital along with the convenience where it's like with, with tie-ins, if I get a tie-in comic, it turns out it's actually not all that, not all that good. I don't have a physical copy of it. Also then sitting around taking up space. Um, like the, I was going to say like the revolution one shot for GI Joe kind of sucked. Uh, in, in a number of ways and like I, I wouldn't keep that if I had a physical one but then like what am I going to do burn it like I can't sell it to someone for more than a couple bucks I could throw it in like a donation box but like I don't know I feel like floppy comics in donation boxes are like more like 
packing material than anything else. <laughs> well, by saying that some of it was trash, it reminded me of like way back in the 1900s when all I was really reading of comics were mutant books from Marvel. So X-Men, New Mutants, X-Factor. Mm. Um, and during the Inferno crossover, which was primarily just a mutants crossover, they did like one issues that tied into other Marvel comics. Cause like New York city is completely overrun by demons from limbo. So, you know, other heroes based in New York are probably going to notice. So like I bought some of those because it was like, Oh, this has to do with Inferno. It must be important. What's Spider-Man up to? And man, it was just terrible. Like it was just, all I remember of it is, is it's kind of just Spider-Man like, swinging around kicking some demons out of the air being like whoa what's going on this is crazy and then getting to the daily bugle and telling everyone well just hunker down here and maybe this will all blow over soon like it really had nothing to do with anything it was complete throwaway nonsense and like there and sometimes you get you get little sparks of magic amongst all that where it's like there's throwaway nonsense but then there's the book that like plays with the fact that they have to tie into the event in like a clever way that doesn't really impact the event but at least it's fun um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. It makes well, it makes it a lot also, more. Oh, also, I don't think the the artist on Spider Man like knew anything about what was happening in the Inferno because all the demons were techno organic at that point, like they had been infected by this techno organic virus. Yeah, and the Spider Man artist drew them all kind of like organic y looking demons. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. That bugged me because I'm like, this has. I don't think this guy knows what's going on. <laughs> that that actually happened in in, Rev, in the revolution tie-ins because the the big enemy that's in all the books is the dire wraiths for the most part, and a lot of the artists drew the dire wraiths in very different ways, <laughs> uh, which which could get confusing at times. Um, but uh, yeah, like just all, all that stuff is why I I really liked shifting to digital because it meant that like. I felt more free to just like get into a story, spend the money, read it, and then if I don't like it, at least that you know it's in a digital file somewhere. You know, as a toy collector, space is always a real premium. So that's just me making the case for digital to like no one in particular. Uh there's another question from Riddler87, which is uh since I can never just send in one to go along with Rexidus's and WTF fan two thousand six questions for episode four thirty two in regards to headmasters, until Titans Return, I always thought that the concept of headmasters were kind of stupid, and since getting into Titans Return's line, I love the concept because they scratched that micro play itch that I didn't know I had. Also they bring back happy memories of playing with my brother's old mask toys because of the pilots and vehicle interactions. Uh, I might be one of the few people that likes the rebirth take on the headmasters concept because the idea of two heads are better than one just made sense to me as opposed to the headmasters anime take with the trans tector bodies. I was just wondering what you guys prefer and why it just makes more sense to you keep up the good work on the podcast evangelist and tj keep up the good work on your videos good night everybody click uh so i believe that me and aaron and tj have actually talked about why we prefer the headmaster take we prefer uh recently i feel like we talked about it recently that's part of the reason why i grabbed this question for us seth so what's your preferred headmaster take like two personalities one's the head one's the body or like the body is just an extension of the head the body being extension of the head seems like an easier idea for like my mind to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like to me, the idea of the this car having a personality but not being able to transform and be a robot on its own 
without this other head and then are the personalities mix or this other robot that is the head do the personalities mix does one override the other it seems too complicated for me i like the idea of a little robot that has a car that turns into a big powerful body for it yeah i I'm, like simple i like simple things i'm in the same position because it's just so logical and kind of meshes with you know transformers ideas like exosuits but like the the whole notion of of psyches converging um is something the combiners touch on yeah. and, and i feel like um it wasn't actually in Combiner Wars. It was in those Till All R1 issues with the Combaticons. It's one of the first times I've seen a really good fictional take on the merging of the psyches in a Combiner. Um, yeah, but I think the difference with that is is each member of a Combiner team is also a fully functional Cybertronian with a robot and a vehicle. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But like the, the, the fact that one of the IDW books was able to do such a good job of delivering that idea, it kind of made me excited at like, because, you know, Titans Returns fiction on the toy packaging seems to be about, you know, the Titan masters are individuals that are becoming the heads of other individuals. Uh, and so it would be the merging thing. And I was like, Oh, I wonder how the comics are going to deal with this. And then the comics, there are like, okay, small spoilers for Titans return. It's been a couple months now. So if you really wanted to know, you should have read it by now. Skip ahead. If you don't want to know in the Titans return comic event, there are only two Titan masters. So they actually use the headmaster's anime take in the comic books where it's like Sentinel Prime is a Titan master with a big body. And then, um, what's his name? GB Blackrock is another Titan master. Uh, neither of them ever actually personality merge. They just take control of, well, they, they don't even take control of bodies. GB Blackrock takes control of a body for one issue. Um, and Sentinel Prime is, he's been like that for a while. So, it, like, I actually really liked the way Titans Return played out in the comics because it was so simple and there was just a main antagonist. But the small disappointment I had was that I was like, these writers seem like the ones who could really make more sense to me of the whole, you know, headmaster and body being two minds joining into one concept. Like, this could have made it be pretty cool. And then they they went with the route that I probably would have gone with. <laughs> uh, and they also went with the much friendlier route of actually not turning everyone into headmasters in the comics. They actually didn't turn anyone into a headmaster in the comics, barring one character briefly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I really wish I was more into that version of it. I just have never seen it fictionally done in a way that I liked. Like the, the Rebirth cartoon even, I feel like it, it sort of tried to imply stuff that like the headmaster was a pilot inside the head of the fully functioning Transformer, who's just like another voice in their ear, kind of. But that's still kind of weak. Like I'd, I'd like to see something a bit more, a bit more solidly written. Um, yeah, somewhere down the road, maybe. What's the, what's the name of Chrome Dome's Titan master again? Stylor. Stylor. Okay. So if they are different personalities, so Stylor is the head and then Chrome Dome is the car, but then Chrome Dome is also the robot. Yep. That's where I start getting like confused and stuff. It gets confusing for me. It's confusing. Yeah, that's the thing is like it, you know, it, up until up until someone tells a really good story using the idea, it's it's very hard to to kind of get across its potential even like, you know, even with combiners like I, I know there are some folks who are who, who even with combiners are like, I don't know, I like to think of the combiner as like this other consciousness that awakens when the five guys merge their bodies together. Um, 
and it's 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 difficult to do a good job of of showing the merging of psyches like it's it's not like a super simple concept uh that's why i really like what till all r1 did with it uh recently but uh with with the headmaster take like i i think it could be done and like the rebirth cartoon has a super kludgy version of it uh but it, it's it's still i think i'm still waiting to see that headmaster story that really convinces me how how the whole thing could work well like in the marvel comics they kind of just i feel like they kind of just subsumed the nebulons eventually <laughs> and, and the nebulons stopped really being a factor yeah uh, and how how much would that kind of stink if you were one of these guys like if you're chrome dome and you're like i come from a race of set of uh sentient robots that turn into different vehicles except for me i'm just a car until one of these little pricks come along and decide to be my head yeah well i mean the way the marvel comics and then the way they did it with with rc and rebirth it was like oh this transformer is actually like at least if i remember right maybe not in the marvel comics but with rc it made the most sense because i think it was like she got injured no daniel got injured and then, like, the only way to save him was to binary bond him to RC's brain or something. Like, when it's portrayed as more of a medical emergency or in the Marvel comics, I guess it was some mix of that and a a really weird um, ambassadorial motion. Uh, that makes a bit more sense. Because, yeah, like, the whole thing of, like, just being born that way or, like, being, like, literally, like, no, I'll donate my head to the cause of having a permanent partner for the rest of my life. Like, it's hard to put it all together, you know? Imagine how screwed up of an adult you would become if, as a child, you were binary bonded to a feminine robot. Well, you know, if we had season four of G1 like we were supposed to, then maybe we would have found out. But now we never will. Darn it. Uh, there's actually a take on the RC Daniel thing where you can also look at it as like one of the creepiest like maternal things ever. Of like, I already think of the boy as my child. Now he will be a part of my body for the rest of his <laughs> life. <laughs> like, all right, RC, you got, you got a thing going on. Uh, also, dialing back a bit, Seth sent me a comic book cover from the Spectacular Spider-Man issue 147, which has J. Jonah Jameson it's hitting a an actual demon over the head with a stick. Is that a stick? Or is that like a rolled up newspaper? Um... Or is it like a two by four? It kind of looks like a chunk of something. J. Joe Jameson is <laughs> friggin' smacking a demon dog over the head. Is this story called When the Bugle Blows? It looks like it. It's a, it's a pretty good name. But you see there's a little Inferno logo in the corner. Ah, that, yeah, Inferno continues. Yeah, that's where they tricked me. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I guess I should buy this. Uh, anyway, we've got one more listener question on our list here. This comes from Carito. Uh, he says, hello, King Vangel Arthur and the Knights of the Transforming Table, Erancelot, TJ Omega Gareth, and, this is my favorite one. Yeah, deal with it. Seth Buzalahad. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, he says, last time I sent a question, I mentioned I wasn't yet sold on the Titans Master uh, toy line. Uh, also, I accidentally offended Seth. Sorry. Okay, let me address that real quick before we go on. All right. Okay. I wasn't offended. I was playing it up for a bad comedic effect uh and even if i was uh, offended you completely made up for it 
by linking Galahad to my name because Galahad was the dopest, sickest, most badass knight of the round table. And the other stink. Lancelot was a Frenchman. <laughs> He's garbage. Um, I don't even want to think about the other one. I didn't know Gareth was a knight of the round. I thought Gareth is just a name. Um, I mean, he's yeah. in in the list of he's questions. He's just some guy. He's not even cool. In the list of questions, there, there are links to Wikipedia pages for these knights of the round table. So I, I could have done some research. I just didn't. Oh, you know what? Gareth was named a knight by Sir Lancelot. Yeah. After a jousting and sword fighting challenge, he dies in the same story. <laughs> Man. He shows up. Lancelot goes, you're a knight. And now you're dead. You're lame. You stink. Get out of here. Gareth. Also, Lancelot Ooh. thinks helicopters are real, and like I can't take that seriously. Well, he's a Frenchman. Yeah. What is he even doing there? He should be in France doing French things. He, it's ambassadorial. He's he's reaching out to England to something. Galahad just strutted on in to 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 Camelot. There walked up to the round table, went, "This is my chair," and just sat down. I was like, "I I work here now. Deal with it." <laughs> I wasn't even invited. I'm just here. Also, he was the only knight on earth considered by God worthy of the Holy Grail. Man. Nobody else. When he drank from it, bam, straight to heaven. Is he the one who fought the green knight as well? Or is that someone else? I don't know. It was probably that jack-off Gareth. In high school... Um, Got his ass kicked. <laughs> a friend of mine made a short film for an English project about this tale of the Green Knight, and I played the Green Knight. Oh. And we shot a scene where I was holding my own decapitated head under my arm, and it was pretty funny. Uh, I also, well, who decapitated you? You should know if it was Galahad or... Who. I don't remember. I just remember it was a friend of mine. I don't remember his stupid actual knight <laughs> name. Can't it was me. your friend Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> He ch- I remember that I, I had a loud English accent, but the way I did the English accent because I was in high school was I mostly changed the R's to W's uh, while like putting on like a Brian Blessed kind of voice. So there's a part where I said, you'll be greatly rewarded. And I said, you'll be greatly rewarded. And uh, we had like three takes of that. And there was a period where I think where Jacob or someone might have been Ryan was just like playing that clip over and over again on their computer because they were very amused. That was a weird. I I only I don't actually I did not remember doing that until you brought up names of people in the the round table. I didn't bring it up. The listener brought it up. Well, yeah, but then you you really went into <laughs> it like you knew stuff about Galahad. Well, I just clicked the little included links and read it. You seem you seem to be a Galahad expert who's really all up in Galahad. Well, <laughs> all up in that. <laughs> getting all up in that Galahad. Getting all up in that Gala what? Uh, anyway, there's also a question here. Uh, so it's been a month, and Carito's opinions on Titan's Return have changed for three reasons. Uh, robot animals with cockpits reminds him of Zoids. Uh, so the toys needing uh, weapon attachment in beast mode. The Titan Master riding their weapons is super cute, and I also don't need to spend as much money as I did with Combiner Wars. So yay! Uh, anyway, this is supposed to be a question. So here I have two. Number one, my Skull Smasher's legs effing suck. How do I fix? Uh, get some floor polish. Or your thickener of choice. People have used nail polish. People have used super glue. Uh, and tighten up them joints. I got V-builds on how to do that ish. Uh, but basically, there's a ball socket on his hip. You coat the ball with some stuff and let it dry. And that should thicken it. The thigh swivels are a mushroom peg. You can dismantle that pretty easily by just twisting and pulling. 
Uh, not pulling, like, apart. You need the mushroom peg to not snap, but it's got a slot on the back that you can eject it out of. And then thicken that mushroom peg. There you go. Uh, question number two. What would you say is the biggest change of opinion you've had on a toy line? Was there a line you started hating but ended up loving or vice versa? Um... I know this has happened to me before, but Seth, is there any toy line you've had a big flip on uh, in either direction? Animated. I. I was with everybody else thinking that the character designs look like goofy, big chin, Jay Leno nonsense when it was first revealed. And I remember when we first started seeing pictures of the toys and I had, I don't even think the show had started yet. No, no, they hadn't. And, but we had seen clips and stuff. And I think my opinion then was like, well, the toys look a lot like the animation, so I guess they did a good job there, but still, I don't care about any of this because I think it looks silly. And then I flipped in a big bad way, and that's one of my favorite lines ever. So that's probably the biggest flip I ever had. Yeah. I mean, in my adult collecting life. I thought G.I. Joe was stupid when it first started in 1982 when I was a kid and then ended up having that be like, the toy line I had the most of after Star Wars. <laughs> I, I actually, G.I. Joe is probably one of the biggest flips I had. Cause like it was up until even like a couple of years ago, I was still like, nah, I see cool G.I. Joe toys. I'm going to buy them. But then I realized like every time I bought a G.I. Joe, nine out of 10 of them would then spend most of the rest of their life in a box. And I would never really feel any reason to take them back out. So I think I was just getting them for the, the opening half hour of opening the figure up, getting them out of the package, checking out all the accessories. Oh, this is real cool. And then, like, my time with it was sort of done. Um, similar thing actually happened to me last year with Lego in general, where it's like, I really like building the stuff, but I don't like keeping any of it. Uh, and, it, yeah, like, I, I just don't, I don't know what to do with those things afterwards. Like, I you know, I know what I could do with them. I could, you know, make displays of them or etc. Put them in the garbage put them right in the garbage can just contribute to the to the building of landfills but like uh i've never really i i briefly felt the draw of troop building and stuff with with three three quarter inch figures but it once i actually did it a couple times i felt very empty and then i was like all right i'm not getting out of this what other people get out of this so i'm just gonna stop um that's really transformers i'm trying to think like there i know it's happened before where i've been way into something and then haven't been uh, or thought something was going to suck and it ended up being pretty cool, but I cannot remember anymore. I think, like, this is not, like, a major flip, but I, I was really surprised how much I ended up enjoying most of the current Robots in Disguise cartoon toy line, like the Warrior toys. Uh, I, I, I had a feeling that, like, ah, oh, this, this might end up being kind of kind of junk, but I really want that strong arm. Um, and then it turns out about 90% of that toy line is really good stuff. Uh, it's just overpriced. Uh, in North America, but it's, it's really solid design work. Um, and that, you know, unfortunately it's also overpriced, uh, in a lot of places. Like they are not like in Canada, they are not $20 figures ever. Uh, and it sucks that they are usually retailing around 20 bucks plus tax. Cause they're not worth it, uh, at all for that. Uh, but, but there are solid figures in there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I wish I wish I had been because I thought I, I was about to say I kind of had a flip on alternators, but it wasn't really like a flip to hating them. It was just more that the shine on the toy line ended up wearing off after a couple of years. Yeah, it was and, more like a gradual indifference almost. Yeah, and then, and then I ended up really liking the last couple figures because they went weird, and I liked the weird ones, like, <laughs> like you know, uh, like Ravage. Rumble. Yeah, Ravage and Rumble. 
like I, I recently actually messed with those in, in a couple months ago again, and I was like, no, I still really like these guys. And I don't dislike all the ones with normal robot modes. It's just that those two were such a refreshing change of pace uh, that like kind of woke me back up to the line right before it finally did end. Um, but yeah, uh, Carito goes on to say one last thing. Vangelis misinterpreted what I meant about my headmaster's opinion last time. I do like the faces. What I don't like is where the little robots they come attached to. Uh, so I guess, okay, so you like the faces, you just don't like that they're on robots? That's poor little robots. <laughs> hey, carry this face on your back. I like the face. Turn around. I want to see the face again. Little robots like, but I'm here too. It's like, no, it's turn around. I want to pretend you're a face on legs. Uh, I hope I interpreted it right this time. Uh, he goes on to finish with, anyways, happy X-Mass, everyone. You too. Uh, Seth, it's almost Xmas time. Yeah. We haven't had Xmas happen yet, but we might yeah. still we might still have some fresh stuff to talk about. Do you have any new Transformers to talk about? I don't. I have some and a pile of loot, but I was waiting until after Christmas before pulling the trigger on the shipping uh, because I just thought it would be nice to the fine folks at Big Bad Toy Store and give them one less thing to do because I'm sure they're super busy right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they put up that whole calendar again this year of like, hey, so if you live in these states, ship by this day or it's not our problem. Yeah, also take a little stress off the fine folks at the various shipping companies. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, uh, I got two things to talk about. Well, two and a half things. I think I mentioned last week that I, I had a, Fort, a Titans Return Fort Max I got on sale from Amazon, but I hadn't opened him yet. Uh, so I opened him and I did his... I, I, so I was debating. I was like, am I going to even do his normal stickers or will I just do the repper labels? But then I was like, it's going to be a little while until I actually want to set the, the you know, 35, 40 bucks aside American uh, to order the huge repper labels upgrade thing. So I'll just put his regular stickers on and... Uh, I thought it was going to suck to do it. It actually wasn't all that bad. His regular stickers don't add a whole lot. Like, it actually only took me about half an hour to put them on because there aren't a lot of them. Like, there are, like, 40-some, 48, 50 of them. But, like, you know, a good half of that are just little, like, arrows on his ramps. Uh, he's He still actually looks kind of bare once he has all his stickers on. Like, I, I now I want to get the repper labels to see if I can just put the repper labels on like, how many of them I can just put on in addition to these ones and then, like, switch out, you know, whatever ones I want to switch at. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's not much else to say about Fort Max. Like, you know, if you haven't messed with him yet, he's basically a better version of Metroplex uh, in just about every way. <laughs> um, but I did get some... I did get a fresh toy. I got a toy that showed up in my town all of a sudden. I got Titans Returns Six Shot. Uh, the new Leader Class Six Shot that is not entirely available everywhere but he showed up at a bunch of walmarts in canada briefly um and uh, i i really like him uh I, i'm gonna lay out the bad parts first though because there are a couple things you'd know about when you get him so you aren't like completely bewildered by these these faults he only has one set of ratcheting joints and that's the forward and back hip motion every other joint on him is like friction all friction pins and the tolerances are all fine but his knees out of the box are super loose and then like i haven't done anything to them but taking him out and transforming them a couple times the knees have kind of tightened up a little bit they're still kind of loose and i might i might try to get some floor polish into that hinge if i can but uh you know it's something to be aware of when you go in like don't so you won't be shocked when when he's got floppy doppy uh kneecaps also he's got this ankle tilt joint 
it's only there for his robot and beast modes. It's only really useful in his beast mode, though. Like, you can... It's it's on this weird detent where it's not like a ratcheting joint, but it's one of those hinges where they have, like, hard edges on, on the hinge, so it kind of clicks into place in certain spots. And it goes from being not tilted to being tilted for, like, a gigantic halfway splits martial arts pose in one click. Um, I think I could fix it by just filing the detents off, but it's kind of a useless ankle tilt uh, when, when he's in robot mode. It's, it's actually pretty useful for his beast mode, uh, so you can have his, his rear legs splayed out uh, and kind of in line with his front legs, but uh, that's kind of all that it's for. Um, otherwise, like, he's great. Like He's very reminiscent of the G1 toy, except kind of better in every way. Uh, he, he does everything a little bit better and more cleanly. Um, I love the trick where his chest wings, they don't fold into like a weird kind of uneven crisscross pile on his chest. They actually store inside the, the torso with a couple of slots. Um, and uh, the only fault of his transformations is that his car mode tabs, to, his arms tab in on his car mode super well. That's the only mode that they tab into anything on. Otherwise, they're kind of just sitting there. They don't flop around because the joints they're on are pretty good. But given how well they tab into his car mode, I was really surprised they didn't really tab in for any of his other modes. Um, but yeah, like I like all his modes, especially the ones that I care the most about. They all look pretty good. You don't have to actually remove his head for any of it. The only time where you might want to remove his head is because in his wolf mode, there's a bit of a cavity in the top of the neck of the wolf where you're supposed to stick his head in. And if you don't do that, there's a bit of a, you know, there's a hole there. But otherwise, like, you can just fold the head away with the headmaster inside, and you don't have to engage with the headmaster stuff at all. Um, like, it, it's really clear to me that this figure was a six-shot project first. Uh, and then, like, the headmaster part's kind of a bonus feature. As are, like, he's got these cylinders on his wings on his back, which are designed to clip onto the ramps that the leader toys use to form, like, cities. He doesn't have a base mode, so it's kind of weird that they're there, but they also just look like detail, so it's, it's not too bad. He's got a lot of little foot pegs for Titan Masters on him in all the right places. Like He's, he's a very solid toy. Don't overpay for him. Uh, if you're going to overpay for Six Shot, wait for the Japanese version to see what the colors look like. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with him having got him at retail, and hopefully all y'all Americans who didn't order him from Robot Kingdom uh, will get a chance to pick him up sooner than later, because he's, he's pretty darn solid. Um, Seth, are you, uh, are you one of those folks who's waiting to grab six shot? Yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't seen like any wave three, anything's. Yeah, I don't like it's, I know it's around, but I think it's still being spotted so kind of sparsely that it's, it's mostly just like Walmarts and Toys R Us's whose warehouses put that on the top of the stack rather than the bottom. Yeah. Kind of hoping a bunch of stuff will clear out over the holiday. Yeah. Uh, them Wave 3 Deluxes. I keep hearing holiday. such good things about Trigger Happy. I want to mess with him. Yeah. But uh, I got one other thing. This is a, a third-party unofficial figure. And this was <sighs> a this is a review sample of uh, Toy World's uh, Optimus Prime, uh, Primorian. Uh, he's the he's the numbered first figure in their new Toy World M number series, where it's kind of their own masterpiece scale, which is ever so slightly larger than regular masterpiece and has a lot of design cues pulled from the Studio Ox designs. Uh, so they they had a version of this Optimus 
uh, made for December 12th, which is kind of like China's Black Friday is how it was described to me. So it's the figure and then like four plates of display based stuff done in an arc orange color. Um, it's the same display plates that came with their conehead design, uh, Requiem. And uh, in the photos I sent you off, I, I just sent you like the link to Chosen Prime's page. He's got like smoky clear uh, windows on his pecs and shoulders. The figure, as I got it, came with those done in a dark translucent blue. And then the smoky clear versions of those four plates are included as extra swap out bits. Uh, it's really easy to swap the chest windows. I have no frigging idea how to swap the shoulder windows. Like there's no way to get any leverage to, to pull them out. Uh, so I'm not sure what to do. Uh, the upside is if you don't like the way those shoulders look with the exposed kind of insignia shaped windows, you can fold a flap up and then like turn that plate 180 degrees and then it's just like a red, you know, semi-detailed normal shoulder. So it's kind of cool you can swap that around. But uh, the the figure is pretty darn cool. Uh, it's very poseable um, and very capable of holding a lot of good poses. Uh, he is more poseable than MP10. Uh, he's got better shoulders, he's got double-jointed elbows, fully posable hands, uh, double-jointed knees, um, he's got, like, triple-jointed hips, uh, he's got the same thing the Coneheads have, where there's a ratcheted hip joint under the skirt, but then if you just want to have his leg move forward a little bit, if you see that kind of, that cut at the top of his thigh, that's another joint, so you can just have the leg shift forward a little bit, um, on an axis that's below the skirt, um, the, the, the main problem with his robot mode is that they went for light piping on his eyes and the dark blue plastic they used does not carry light very well at all unless you put a light right behind his head. So he just kind of looks like he has no eyes most of the time, uh, which is pretty dumb. Uh, his gun is actually a great light to put behind his head because it's got like a really bright blue LED in it. And the switch is just the trigger. So you pull the trigger to click the switch and turn the light on and then pull the trigger again to turn it off. I really like that idea. The only problem is you can't really fit his finger on that trigger, so you have to have him doing that thing you're supposed to do with guns where you hold your in your index finger out straight. I forgot what the word is for that. It's like trigger safe. Um, he's got a Matrix. It's die cast. He's got a yellow crystal instead of a blue one that seems like a comic book thing. Uh, he's, a, he's not as bulky in person as he looks in photos, but he is bulky, and it's weird because he has a lot of Studio Ox design calls, like those rectangular vents inside his pectoral windows and stuff uh, and the, the design of his head but the studio ox like robot was not bulky uh the way this one is so this is more and I, and I noticed that about a lot of their designs it's like they pull a lot of studio ox visual ideas but the silhouette is not necessarily studio ox um the construction is pretty good like the joints feel very good he's actually taken a fall off a table uh, by accident, and uh, I didn't throw him this time because I didn't want to because I thought I'd break his ears. Ears did not break. Uh, he just suffered a paint chip on uh, the vent plates on the fronts of his legs. Uh, and the, the vent plates, they didn't mention this in anything, but those actually, they do the gimmick where if you if you fold one up, they all open. Like they're, they're it's kind of like the MPO one gimmick, but it's not spring-loaded. You just fold it up. Uh, his truck mode uh, is a lot cleaner looking than MP10s. Uh, it's in, in that it's smoother and the back is thinner, whereas MP10 has kind of a, a bit of a hefty chunk in the blue part on the back. This one tapers down to be quite thin. Um, the transformation is interesting. This 12, 12, like December 12 version actually didn't come with any instructions, which was um, an issue because his transformation's weird. Uh, it's not hard, but it's not entirely common. And there's a very certain order you kind of have to do things in 
And not knowing that order makes the transformation kind of freaky the first time. But once you get it, you know, it's not too bad. Um, I like him a lot. Like, he's, he's, he's a very solid toy. I don't think he's really meant... Like, the argument, or the... Not even the argument. The discussion of whether or not he's a replacement for MP10... I, I feel like there's there's no there's a discussion to be had, but there's no answer. Like he's he's not trying to replace MP10. He's trying to be the Optimus Prime for Toy World's line of figures, which like I I really respect that they are just doing their own thing. As much as I feel that's gonna really damage how much they sell, but obviously making their their scale be so close to masterpiece, you can get away with it half the time is gonna is gonna account for a lot of that, but. This Optimus is in no way trying to replace MP10. He's he's not like massively taller, but he's about a half head taller, um, and that's a whole other discussion or topic that's really hard to get into. Because like there are people who don't want toys to be taller than MP10 at all, but then there's a whole demographic who want to buy an MP10 knockoff that's been upscaled to be as big as MP01. So like I no answer to that that discussion. But uh, this toy existing in a void is is uh pretty okay i'm trying to get a review done uh for next week and uh in general i you know i i I'd rather like him if he's if he's selling for 130 bucks like he's definitely like money's worth in that sense like there are more expensive figures i've messed with that were uh less interesting um the amount of, of moving parts and the size and the, the build quality all fits into 130 bucks it's just you know do you like this aesthetic do you want this optimus you know i can't tell you but He's not a badly made figure. He's just a. He's got a few little things here and there which are are, are difficult to deal with, especially without instructions. Um, I, I have managed to transform him without using a tool to open some panels up, so it's doable. Uh, you need a fingernail, uh, and you need to be very careful about when you stick your finger into his torso and start pulling at things, because there are a lot of sharp edges still. And if you do it at the wrong time, I could see your finger getting trapped between some teeth and just like shredded at a little bit um i think that he's he's not as he is definitely not as impressive as their conehead design that i got like that conehead dirge that is a really nice figure uh especially because seekers on that scale just haven't they, there aren't a lot of them and a lot of i'm really sick of the mp11 mold uh and i don't like it very much anymore uh, so, so that dirge was, was a real good moment. This Optimus doesn't have quite as many moments. Um, like his leg transformation is kind of cool and weird. And the, the way he uses panels to swap squared off truck parts for curvy robot parts is pretty clever in some spots, but he's just, he's, he's not the eye opening experience that that conehead was. Um, so also that the version I have, it sounds like they might change some stuff when they do the standalone release. Uh, and the version I have didn't actually have a box art box. He just had cardboard boxes that the foam was in. So there's still stuff they're going to tweak, uh, apparently based on some of the reviews from the samples they've been sending out uh, and, and user feedback. So if you have a vested interest in this thing changing somewhat, get into the discussion thread. And, and uh, there is a fellow in there whose name starts with a Q, and I don't remember it off the top of my head, but he's he's the English language contact for Toy World who is sending them feedback as he reads it. So uh, they, they're trying to, they're apparently for next year, Toy World really wants to be a better company uh, and react more to, to feedback uh, from all of their fan bases, but none of them really speak English. So they're, they're trying to work around that and get this liaison guy to translate stuff for them and vice versa. So I hope that there's, their, their stuff is more like moves more in the direction of those cone heads in 2017, because those cone heads are a great start. 
Uh, Primorian is okay. That RC looks kind of like a bummer, but I'd like to see how their Springer works. I'd like to see how their Cup works. Um, I, I appreciate what they're going for. It's 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 uh, it's, it's very interesting, and it, it's it's very hard to discuss in the world of well, does it replace any of my masterpiece toys or not? Uh, anyway, that's all that I got this week, Seth. I also wanted to. I was happy that I got to talk about this once again on a podcast with you after we spent all that time dissecting all those weird toy world pictures back at TFCon's <laughs> slideshow. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a weird figure, and oh, there's one thing about him that is truly scary, and I don't like it. See, you know how <laughs> you know how this guy has got like two sets of ears, like the taller ones on the outside. Yes. So those ears are made of. It feels like they're made of palm plastic. So that they're a bit more grainy and a bit more durable, because when you when you put his when you fold his head away, you kind of have to just fold those ears into a blind cavity and hope that they slip into a pair of slots, and it's very hard to check if they did. Uh, and and I know there's like there's one test shot that was going around China where that didn't happen and his ears were just bent inwards. And on mine, they've been going in those slots, but the tips are starting to look kind of chewed up, so. They got to do something. I don't know what they could do. Um, it, it's really just, it's unfortunately, it's part of the transformation design. It sucks that you have to fold those ears into a blind cavity and just hope that you're not mushing them. Uh, and it's very hard to check if you are. Huh. But it doesn't seem like it's easy to actually destroy them. They just get bent up and then you got to get a hairdryer out and, and fix them up. Anyway. No, and there's, there's a slot for a trailer. There's no trailer with them, but he's got the slot where you could put a thing in if you want to. Uh, Seth, let's go off topic. Okay. Uh, did you do anything off topic this week? Oh boy, did I! Is this? Are we gonna? Is it time? We're gonna talk I, about about the thing. I guess the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yes. Okay. So, I I did talk about it not getting it last time right and it being really expensive and all yep. that stuff okay so it came it on came. monday right it came the monday after my vacation was over so i had to ask my dad to be at the house and wait for it which i don't we don't like having to ask family members hey you don't work why don't you come sit in our house for possibly four hours and wait for a thing that, that, that whole thing about delivery in general from couriers still bugs me to this day. Like, just the wording of it. Like, I understand why it happens, but they always word it where they're like, just be sure you're at home between the hours of here and here. And I'm like, I'm sorry, do I work for you? Yeah. <laughs> and then it didn't even fit through the door. Oh, good. So he's sending me text messages and I'm already stressed out at work. And he's like, this doesn't fit through the door. We don't know what to do. And it's like, ah. So I just had to, like, leave work and rush home. Luckily, I live super close, so it didn't take very long to get there. And then they had to partially disassemble it to get it through the door. Oh, yeah. So anyway, enough talking around it. It's so a human I, being. Yes. It's a very large human being. <laughs> I saw the arms off. It was gross. Um, no, I got um, a MAME arcade cabinet from x arcade um so it's it looks like and i don't know if this is what they necessarily did it's just while i was looking up um old arcade stuff um i came across a picture of a of a uh mortal Kombat cabinet 
and it looks very similarly shaped. I think they may have patterned the shape of this thing off of an old Mortal Kombat cabinet. It's huge. It's taller than me. I'm about six foot two. Um, it weighs over 500 pounds, so it weighs a little bit more than me. Um, I'm not that heavy. I'm just, I'm just you, you really, um, you really pack that in really well. If you weigh 400 pounds, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the thing is huge. Um, it was just too wide. So X arcade makes, um, uh, control sticks like arcade quality buttons and joysticks. And, uh, like their big claim to fame is the tank stick, which is two sets of, of sticks and buttons with a, a trackball in the middle. Um, so it comes with that. It comes with the tank stick and that just goes into a slot, um, on the front of the thing. And so that, bit that the tank stick slots down into is wider than the tank stick and that's wider than a doorway like a standard doorway (laughs) so luckily it was um six screws so i just started pulling the screws out took that piece off fit through the door fine put it back on problem solved um but it's really neat so like the the primarily its inner workings is just it comes with a a, a pretty weak uh Dell PC. So that's just sitting inside. Then like there's some splitters and a um like a, a preamp kind of a thing that gives you volume control. There's a couple speakers up behind the marquee at the top. There's also a strip of LED lights that lights up the top marquee. Um, it comes with a stack of old PlayStation two and Xbox, um, compilation, compilation, classic game compilation kind of discs. Mm-hmm. And those are all the games that come preloaded in MAME. Oh, and then the, it uses a, a front end called Maximus arcade, which you could also use on PCs or anything else because it is a PC that's inside. Um, so it just like, uh, organizes all your games into, a little more pleasant menus it's nicer for scrolling through um includes preview images and videos so you you get this stack of discs of these old compilations those are the games that are preloaded it comes with over 250 games preloaded unfortunately a huge percent of that are 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 atari 2600 games because there was this atari collection that came out a while back that was almost all 2600 games and a few arcade games or the arcade versions of those games but those are great games like uh centipede and missile command and tempest i believe was from that group but then it also has like a bunch of street versions of street fighter 2 it comes with mortal kombat 2 and 3 but not one that seems like a thing that happens in a lot of (laughs) compilations yeah, so that was odd. Um, but then, you know, I just, like, started asking on Twitter, like, where can I find ROMs? And some people pointed me in some directions. And I think I've added about 30 games now. Um, nice. It's a little hit or miss. Like, some ROMs don't work. Or they don't work with the version of MAME that I have. Or like in the case of a lot of Capcom games, because I definitely wanted Capcom's Alien vs. Predator. I definitely wanted all the Street Fighter Alphas, like all the like X-Men Children of the Atom, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, 
Marvel versus Capcom, like all that kind of stuff. I couldn't get any of those things to work. So if I tried to load them up through the Maxim, Maximus Arcade front end, I would just get a black screen. If I tried to load them up just through MAME directly, it would say file missing. So I'm Googling around. I'm digging through forums. Um, people are like, oh, I just get black screens. And they're like, oh, go into the Maximum Arcade settings, switch this thing from short to long, and you're fine. Did that. Didn't help. Then I finally found one post in one thread that was somebody asking about a black screen and the one reply just like totally buried in this obscure forum that said, <laughs> you need qsound.zip. So then I started Googling around, found qsound.zip. Luckily, it wasn't a virus. Yay. Threw that in and all the Capcom games worked. <laughs> Man. So, like, I never messed with MAME before, so this was all new to me. Like, I'm probably describing all this, and there's some people listening going like, yeah, stupid, that's how it is. Well, I always felt like, given how long emulators have been around and how many emulator, you know, situations still have these kind of problems and solutions, I'm uh-huh. like, I always feel like, why aren't there more just like, you know, aside from people wanting to protect their secrets, why aren't there, like, here come the police now, I'm already talking about it. Uh, why aren't there more zips of like, here's your starter kit of how to play everything on a thing. Like, here's the starter kit of, of ROMs and, and bios you need. Yeah. Like, I know that there are some out there, but still, like, I always wish like there was just, here's, here's a zip that has everything you need to do this, you know, no, yeah. no digging around, no going to go into forums, pulling out single files here and there. Well, yeah. Like I had to figure out just sort of as I went, like, because I would find like, like I look up a game and I'm trying to think of it. Okay. So aliens versus predator, we use that as an example again. Um, and there's like 10 versions and it's like, uh, Japan, Euro USA, and then all these different revisions. And I'm like, well, great. Which one do I get? Well, um, maybe I just want the USA one because, Hey, I'm a USA person. And, then when I go and look at the page for it, it's like, oh, you need the parent ROM, which is AVP Euro. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what does that mean? And then I like go searching for information and find out that sometimes um, a version won't have all the files. It will refer to a version that does have all the files for the files that are missing from that version. And it's like, well, why can't, the u.s version just have all the files that are in the euro Euro version like what's the point of leaving stuff out it's not like these are giant files (laughs) yeah Um, i wonder if part of it is like a certain sense of archival purity but even then it's like bundle them all together or something i don't know and obviously what i'm saying is do work for me and you know people don't have to do that but it's 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 been around for so long i'm just surprised that often it still feels like it, it felt back in like the early 2000s you try to find yeah. that stuff. So I put both in. I put the Euro and I put the US versions in. And I start both of them up. And from what I could tell, not playing very deep into the game, just kind of making sure it worked. From what I could tell, the only difference is when you start up the Euro version, there's there's like a copyright notice at the beginning that says, uh, this machine is only uh, for use within the European territory, use of it outside of Europe. Uh, you could be in copyright violation, blah, 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 blah. 
and then the game starts and it's all in english and it seems like exactly the same as when i started up the u.s version except for the u.s version starts with a preamble about how it's only to be used in the in north america and then there's like a say no to drugs thing and then the game starts so (laughs) i'm like well who cares i'll just delete the u.s version and i'll just have the european version it seems exactly the same otherwise like the actual game i don't know or as far as i could tell there's no notable difference so why not yeah just i'll just have the european version then who cares first first guess you have it comes into play is gonna be like wait is this the european version yeah is this the eu rom (laughs) go and wash their hands yeah and then like i grabbed uh star wars trilogy yeah and that starts but man it runs super super slow like both on the x arcade and on my laptop and these aren't the most powerful pcs in the world but that game came out in like 1999 i'm like so even a low-end laptop that came out within the last like two years should be significantly more powerful than arcade hardware from 1999 Oh yeah, like my yeah. phone is more powerful than arcade hardware from 1999. Why is this running so painfully slow? That's so the... I started trying to find information about that, and it seems like just nobody's made a good ROM from yeah. Star Wars trilogy. That, that's another one of those emulation things. And after I stopped looking at emulators for a couple of years, and I came back, like I was like, wait, like it's still hard to figure. Like because it's not just about power; it's about like the emulation itself and the you know the quality of the ROMs. Because I, I thought like in 2012. I could I should be able to just run GameCube games, right? And it's like nope. Like you yeah. can run some, but <laughs> it's not it's not a one to one on CPU power and the game's running fine. Um also by the way, this is all illegal, so don't do any of this, listeners. It's all yeah. it's all legal. Well they they do some like tricky No, seriously, this is all on the up and up. <laughs> because by including all these PlayStation 2 and Xbox Xbox discs then they claim that, oh, the versions that we have loaded on there, they're just backups. Yeah, we ripped them off these discs. <laughs> yeah, like hell you did. Um, and then, uh, oh, so it has a working coin slot. So like all the, the mechanics and stuff, when you open it up, are there for it to be a functional coin door. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can't legally sell a machine that takes money. So there's one wire that's disconnected and they don't give you any directions on what to do with this wire or how to hook it up. That's right. But it took me all of 30 seconds to find a video on YouTube. It took you all of 30 seconds to become a criminal. Well, I haven't hooked it up yet. Oh, you just know how. Yeah. I mean, I know how to murder a person. I just, I don't do it. So yeah, we're not, we're not a criminal. Yeah. So right now there's just like these kind of semi-hidden buttons on the tank stick and you press those and that registers uh, credits. Mm. And then when you hook up the coin door, then both work. Like it doesn't disconnect the buttons, even though you could just disconnect the buttons if you wanted to be dirty and like charge money. Yeah. If you wanted to be an entrepreneur. Right. So it's really kind of gray markety. Um but man, it was expensive. Uh, XRK does have some less super expensive machines. Um, excuse me, I got a cough.
Whoa. Oh, he's coughing. Yeah, I'm muted. Um, <laughs> so, like, um, they have a different shaped cabinet called Lumber, Lumberjacks. And it's not, it, it or it's spelled like Jacques, like Lumber Jacques. Lumber Jacques. Yeah, and that is obviously patterned after the old Donkey Kong shaped cabinet. And that uses a smaller set of controls, so there's no trackball involved. Mm. And I just didn't like that shape and really wanted to have a trackball because games like Centipede stink without one. Yeah. Um, so I ruled that out, even though it's significantly cheaper. Then they also make a cocktail uh, table style machine. And they have another machine that doesn't emulate an old arcade machine type machine at all um it's more like just a platform for the tank stick in a way it has like some diamond plate uh kind of parts and a coin door um and which hides a little cabinet where you put the computer and then you just plug it into a tv so like if you wanted to use like a big ass lcd tv or something as your monitor then you just like set this up in front of a tv that you already have um, that's also kind of pricey because I think it's more the materials now that you're paying for on that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's an option if you want something that's a little easier to stash away if you got to stash it away. Um, and and then so I got the version with a with a CRT monitor. Um, the price has gone up on these things lately because I guess the CRTs are getting harder to get a hold of, which is driving their cost up. Yeah, but they're um, all, all disappearing. Yeah, and they w- kind of warn you on the website, like, hey, it's getting really hard to find these things. Um, so that's why we're raising the price. But they also sell LCD monitors and converter kits. So if, like, sometime down the road this thing burns out, and hopefully that won't be a problem for a super, super long time, Um it can be fairly easily replaced with a LCD monitor. That's good. So like you've got, I guess like your second generation already lined up uh, if necessary. But yeah, Yeah, hopefully you're not going to have to do that anytime soon. That's no, I mean, there's arcade machines from like the early eighties that still have fully functional monitors. Yeah. So, and this thing isn't going to be on for, months on end like getting picture burn and stuff i only turn it on when i'm using it i only turn um, on when i'm using man <laughs> man my throat went real scratchy all of a sudden oh. um but yeah it's been super fun i've been enjoying having it um even when i was getting really frustrated trying to make games work <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so right now it it has the mame um, Atari 2600, Sega Genesis, and Daphne emulators in it. And as far as I could tell, the Daphne emulator only exists to run one version of Dragon's Lair. All right. Do you have that version? <laughs> well, it comes with it. All right. Yeah. So um, that that's a game. Like the... have, that's one of those things where my childhood memories are way fonder than the reality of playing that damn thing. It's a game of a generation, man. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes a thing flashes on screen to tell you what you're supposed to do. Sometimes you're <laughs> just supposed to guess. <laughs> when I was little, I was completely sold on the idea they had just hand-animated every option. 
Uh-huh. And I was like, man, people are playing this game so well. They must be following the critical path. They know what they're doing. Because I, I never played it because I had no, like, I tried once and I just, you know, died instantly because I was like a, a kid. Yeah. I didn't know how any of it worked. Uh, yeah, fond memories. Yeah, I never got good enough as a kid to beat the thing, but I could get through like five to five or six some odd rooms before running out of lives. Yeah. And that was, there was no information to be had. That was somehow I figured it out. So sheer attrition is the way you'd have to do it. Just trying and failing over and over again. Yeah. But I would like to get other laser disc games anyway. Or at least all three of the Don Bluth games. So Dragon Slayer 2 and Space Ace. Yeah. Then there's a really weird one called Cliffhanger. It's weird because it primarily uses footage from Lupin the Third, Castle of Castriano, the movie. Yeah. Um, and then I found a, a YouTube video that was just a complete playthrough. And they also take clips of the Lupin the Third TV show, which is a completely different animator. Mm-hmm. So just all of a sudden you're playing this scene that looks different. And for like no reason whatsoever, Lupin has a different color, different color clothes on. <laughs> and then it goes back to the Castle of Castellano footage. Man. I feel like I've seen that Lupin thing before because it sounds really familiar, but it's just making me think of a Sega CD game that's unrelated. Similar situation, but unrelated. Yeah, there was um, that style of game that was all anime on Sega CD. Yeah. Now, there was one that had to do with time travel or something. There was, well, there was like, oh, was it Time Gal? Was one of them? Um, I wonder if that's what I'm thinking of. Might be. There, there's also <clears> one where, because there was a Common Rider movie in the 90s that was a Sega CD game where they just ran a shortened cut of the movie and you had to just like push buttons during it. Uh-huh. And then they brought that out in America as the Masked Rider. And, but that was before they had a Masked Rider TV show. And it's just a whole weird thing. Huh. And the Masked Rider TV show was using fight footage from an 80s Common Rider show, but then when they ran out of footage, they just started pulling footage from the two 90s movies, which had different Common Rider designs. <laughs> so the character would just suddenly look way different and would be fighting way more frightening monsters because they were kind of... <laughs> the, the two 90s movies were borderline... Like, the, the monster designs were by a guy who did way, way more horrific monster design. And so it's like all of a sudden, instead of fighting these 80s rubber monsters, he's fighting these, like, bioorganic Giver things. Uh... Anyway, that's my tangent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like just kind of brainstorming, like, what are games I remember? Um, my girlfriend throwing out some ideas, games she remembers. Um, and then this Maximus arcade front end is kind of kind of nice because the first menu is all the different emulators you have. And as you're scrolling through, it's putting up pictures of those things. Well, except for MAME is like a picture of a computer monitor with a with MAME written on it. Mm. And the Daphne emulator is a picture of Princess Daphne from Dragon's Lair. But the Atari 2600 one is a picture of a 2600. And the Sega Genesis is like the original model Genesis machine. That's the one I had. Yep. 
Me too. The big um, wide one. So that's kind of neat. Then that's a way to keep like your games separated, which is good too. Um, then I've seen like in with the Maximum Arcade settings, um, I believe you could make lists and categories to go into those those sections, which I'm going to want to do at some point to just make it easier to find specific games than just this gigantic, like multi hundred game alphabetical list. (laughs) If I could divide them up, like, okay, here's all the fighting games. Here's all the, um, like R type 1942, like scrolling shooters. Here's all the scrolling brawlers, like all your final fights. And, uh, the, uh, double dragon type games mm-hmm. um, and just try to categorize them a little bit more like here's all my pac-man games pac-man miss pac-man super pac-man blah blah, blah. Um, i think that might be good than just having a giant list yeah i remember when i got when i first played around with mame uh right out of high school uh i originally only had a couple roms and i was like oh who needs to organize this and then i got carried away uh-huh. And then, yeah, it, it becomes, un- especially when you have multiple versions of games, it's just this, it's a huge, like, I don't know, it's like, you know, there are five games in there you really want to play, and it becomes a bother to find them. <laughs> yeah, like Donkey Kong 3, I was playing last night. I love Donkey Kong 3. I don't know if I've ever played Donkey Kong 3. Yeah, you play this, you don't play as Mario. I think he's supposed to be Mario's nephew or something. Okay, but it's I, I a human. What the guy's name is yeah. Okay. And so on the first, okay, the first map there's like three platforms going up, and you jump up and down the platforms, and then you could go horizontally on each platform. Donkey Kong is above you, hanging from two ropes. Um, and there's beehives. And he's punching the beehives, and the bees are coming out, and they're coming to get you. And you have, like, one of those pump insecticide things. So you're pumping puffs of insecticide, which kills the bees. But what you're really trying to do is blast insecticide up Donkey Kong's ass, which causes him to climb up. And you're trying to push him up off the top of the screen. Don't you just want to tell the bees like he's the guy <laughs> punching your hive? Go after him. Yeah, they're you know they're just bugs, man. I guess they come out, they see you. It's, it's time to fight. But that game, I I like that game. I remember that from back in day and enjoying it a lot. Um, yeah, it's cool. I like it. And I'm running out of stuff to say about it, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's super cool and it's great yeah. and it's cool if you have a whole bunch of money you just got to get rid of and a big chunk of floor and maybe hope, check it out and hopefully you also like video games yeah there's another company called rec room masters that makes much cheaper cabinets mm-hmm. but the reason they're so cheap is they're not assembled at all you just get a whole bunch of pre-cut and painted particle board, and then you've got to put it all together yourself. But those things are also, they have a much smaller footprint. 
So if you don't mind building it, um, and you really want something like this, that that would be a much cheaper option, and also a less floor taking up option. Um, but it's good stuff. Uh, other off-topic things I got. Um, I got uh, what is it? Uh, Bandai's uh, Ramna figures. Oh, the the figure arts one. Yeah, boy and girl Ramna. Oh, nice. Uh, I haven't opened them yet, but when I I I had been looking at them as they were coming out, like, man, I really like Ramna. That was like the first anime. Um. I kind of got into as a late teen, like I I was really into Robotech and Star Blazers when I was younger, but that was before I really knew that anime was a thing. Yeah. Um. So like the first anime ass anime, <laughs> <laughs> legit um, anime, yeah. anime, where it wasn't rewritten and all the names changed to be more Western when the translation was trying to stick to the actual story and use the Japanese names was Ramna. So I have a lot of fond memories of Ramna and I would always look at him and be like, man, that's cool. Do I want to get them? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And then when they announced recently that they're doing a Ryoga and Ryoga is my favorite character. I was like, damn, I got to get Ryoga and it won't make any sense to just have Ryoga. I might as well get the Ramnas. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like in that line, like that's kind of, well, I was about to say Rama's the character where you're gonna have to own two figures, yeah. but but everyone else might just be accessories. But I was like, no, well, it's also the panda, Genma, Genma, right? That was the panda. I believe so. Yeah, but like like Mr. Ry- Saratome. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Saratome, because uh, Ryoga's coming with with Pichon as an accessory. See, I think no, isn't he? Um, no, Akane comes with Pichan. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's I mean. Obviously, you want to have Akane, too, but that's still kind of like... Yeah, I mean, I was like, okay, well, I'll just get Akane, because she's one of the best characters also. Yeah. But it's it's Akane in her schoolgirl uniform, or her school uniform, and I'm like, ah, I kind of wish she was in her karate gi. Yeah. Like, you just want the action characters. Yeah. And I, I think, it, I mean, to me, right, when you have, like, Ryoga and Shampoo, it's like, they should just come with Pichon and the cat as accessories. Well, I believe Shampoo does come well, with the, the cat. The, the, but I'm gonna skip shampoo also because shampoo stinks. I don't like her. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't remember. I, I watched most of that when I was like at the end of elementary school and starting high school. Uh, I don't remember a ton of it. I just remember that there was a good two years where I thought Rama was the coolest thing ever. And I think some of those, like the, I watched the dubbed movies a whole lot uh, when I come to Toronto and we'd rent them from Suspect Video. And uh-huh. I, I remember some of them are pretty. There's some pretty legit funny stuff in those. Yeah, they get uh, weird. They get real weird. Yeah. I hope they do a Tetawani Kuno. He's the Blue Thunder of Forenkin High. Oh, Kuno! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot his other name. Tetawani uh, Kuno. I, I yeah. He, his he little was... ninja weirdo sidekick could they could do him too. Yeah. <laughs> one of the, one of the movies I saw, he was. I think he was in. Uh, it's the one where they're on a boat and then their boat sinks and they end up on some weird island. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's all I remember. Yeah, I'm not sure. I remember because I was a kid and there's a part where he pops up out of the water because they fall in the water and then it makes Rama turn into a girl. And then Kuno just pops up out of the water and he goes like, a pigtailed girl! And just gets punched <laughs> in the face and floats, like sinks right back down into the water. Because <laughs> they're trying to sort out the fact that they crash and he's like getting all this, you know, that's the first thing he says. So like, shut up, bap. Yeah. 
sink down. That that's the show I, I found out later. Like that's the show that invented tsundere or whatever. And I learned What's all kinds of tsundere is the thing that Akane is to Rama, where she's like, "You're an idiot," and then Seeker's like, "I like you." Oh, okay. I thought it was like some gender swapping thing, no, which no, I'm that's... sure is a whole category of weird Japanese stuff. <laughs> that's probably got a name too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I everything don't... else does. Why wouldn't that? Yeah. That's no, the we just thing. call it Ramna. <laughs> yeah, we just call it, you know, ramna just... uh, That's cool. I, yeah. I, I haven't picked up those figure arts because, like, it's, it's that's one of those figure arts where I'm like, I like them. I just I don't know if I want to own, you know, everything. Well, I'm, I'm going to skip shampoo. Um, I have to get Ryoga now. And I'm on the fence for a cane. Um, and then like, I found the two Ramnas on, on Amazon for, for a pretty good price. Um, the female Ramna was actually like 35 bucks or something. The one male of, Ramna was a little more. I think, I can't remember what the order was. I think one of them came out first and then there's just more of that one. Uh-huh. I, I think it might've been female Ramna that, that just came out first. Well, I think I both of them up. were, if I remember right, I checked what they were on big bad and they were a lot more on big bad yeah still so amazon was a better price but i haven't even opened them yet so you know but i also got egalus from four horsemen hey that's the guy with the american flag cape yes which fits weird but you can put it on him ah. <laughs> <laughs> um and and one cool thing with the cape that I didn't know. So like in the pictures, I could see that it's like tattered, mm-hmm. but the blue star field is a silhouette of a screaming eagle head. Oh yeah, yeah. That it's was, not um, just a rectangle. They, they they actually did that so that it wouldn't be a straight up American flag because there was a concern that was raised about them using an American flag as a cape. Oh, as far as like respecting the flag type stuff. And so they changed that. That was apparently partly because they didn't want to have him wearing a literal American flag. Well, I think it looks neat, whatever their reasoning was. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not American, so I only partially well, understand what they're talking about. Well, there, there like is like a law about um, using a cape as a garment, but I think that has to do with like literally turning a flag into a shirt. Yeah. And not having a shirt with a with the flag printed on it, sort yeah. of a thing. Um, so I don't know if it would actually be a problem, but if they just wanted to cover their base and they did something that was cool, then that's fine. Yeah, when I found out that was the reason for it, I was like, it was almost like I I don't know how to put this, but I, I was like, man, I can't. Uh, Something about that being the reason almost makes this less cool. Like, I, I thought this is just a really cool piece of design, but it sounds yeah. like it was half accidental. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems like one of those laws that no one's out actually trying to enforce. Yeah. Like, you're not really going to get in trouble if you do it. But nobody... And and then, like, nobody's really looked into what it was, what the law was. They just sort of heard something once. Yeah. So it's like, ah... I don't want to, you know, be a jerk and I don't want to maybe possibly kind of get in trouble. So I don't know what the law actually is. I'll just avoid it to play it safe. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, like, it's not my flag. And I, you know, I would, I, I'm not going to tell someone to oh, get over it. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was an odd thing to read. So it's, it's, 
it's literally foreign to me because I'm a foreigner. Yeah, you are filthy, stinking foreigner. Hey, let me tell you about our maple syrup poutine. So it's my third of these four horsemen bird dudes. Um, So like the actual sculpt isn't like, oh my god, this is unique and interesting. I was about to it's ask. Just, I was like, was it was this the one where you kind of hit the wall, or are you still feeling the the goodness? Well, I still like the birds. It's just, I've I think I have all the birds that I need. Yeah, and then so like I got the vulture because you know I chose to have buzzard as part of my name. I got the crow because that one looks the coolest, and then. I thought I had missed the boat on on Egalis, Egalis. Um and then when it was just available again all of a sudden I'm like okay well I'll just go for that because it's weird and unique. Yeah. Um, I think so I they grabbed it. I think they did another production run on him specifically if I remember right. Yeah, because this isn't the first run. This was like kind of a semi surprise listing on their store a few weeks ago. Yeah. So I just went for that, but so I, I'm pretty much sure I'm done with the birds. I've got all the birds I need. The head sculpt's really good. Like that's different than the birds that I already have. Uh, the cape is just—it's just like a fun kind of silly thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I that that one and uh, and the vulture buzzard and and a couple other ones. I've always been kind of like I always look at them and I'm like, oh, maybe that would be kind of cool. But when the Kickstarter happened, I got three of them from the Kickstarter. Yeah, and I kind of hit the same thing where it's like the first one I opened, hot damn, this is cool. Second one I opened, all right, I guess it's kind of neat. Then I looked at the third one and I was like, maybe I'll open them later. And yeah. well, <laughs> I got my three like months apart from each other, so yeah, <laughs> it, it wasn't that back to back sort of a thing. But um, you know, the bodies are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It's just different colors. Um, the the heads are the only thing that's actually different. So you know, you start getting used to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I dig it. I'm just done with birds. I hate birds. That's I'm all. not I done hate. with four horsemen. I'm just done with their I just damn hate, birds. I hate the four horsemen, everything they stand for. That's all. Yeah. That's all I said. Yeah. <laughs> I kept buying these things that look exactly the same except for the head. And they're all the same. They're all yeah, exactly then I the realized, same. wait a minute, they just <laughs> sold me the same thing three times. And then now I'm offended at them because they ripped me off. I'm not taking any responsibility myself. <laughs> this is all their fault. Yeah, this, they tricked me. <laughs> I've been decepted. You, you've been you've been decepticoned. Yeah, I've been De- deceived and decepted and conned. Yeah, all in one triple oh, threat. Holy crap! <laughs> That's the, a lot. The, well, you know they really should have done four things to me if they're the four horsemen. Yeah, they only did three things to me. Yeah, wow. You know, way to commit. Yeah. They stink. <laughs> so idiots. <laughs> um, but And then that... they're like, hey, we've been listening to the podcast for a while. We <laughs> 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 really hurt our feelings. Yeah, we'll send me free stuff and we'll call it even. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is I'm sure that kind of conversation has happened somewhere in pop culture media more than once. Yeah, but uh, anything else off topic on your end? No, that's about it. 
All right. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think I got anything fresh off topic that I haven't talked about already, except this is halfway on topic, but I put in for that big IDW Humble Bundle when Revolution started uh, to get all the, the books from all the different, you know, uh, series that are involved with Revolution. And I went for the $20 option where they said, in December, we'll send you some trading cards. Uh, well, I got my trading cards. They're pretty cool. Uh, they're mostly, I think, the artwork from the bios and the backs of the, the Revolution books. Uh, truncated slightly uh, as far as the text and you know and the art uh it's, it's pretty neat there you know they they have different backgrounds depending on what series uh, uh the characters are from the only bummer is i think that the opening three cards gave me a massive spoiler for action man because i hadn't read action man yet and then i looked at the checklist card and it was like hey dr x is in here and i'm like well i didn't see dr x and i looked through the cards and i was like wait you're and i looked at the back of the of the card and i was like oh no i bet that was a big reveal at the end of like issue four or something <laughs> So now I know, like, the first big plot twist of Action Man, but I still want to read it because I heard it was pretty good. But uh, the good cards. Um, I guess the only thing is I kind of wish that they had come in a box because the way you get them, they're just, like, in a, in like you know, clear plastic wrapping. Uh, it would have been cool if there was, like, a little, like, slip case to put them in as well, but then they probably would have cost more. Uh, either way, I'm happy with them. I think that they're, they're actually a front-page news item on TFW. Someone... Posted some pictures of, of what they look like. They're, they're trading cards, you know? And uh, the top card is a checklist card where the front just says, Revolution! It's kind of neat. Uh, it's a really cool idea. I, I'd like to see that more often. I'd, I'd, love, to, I'd love to see, like, a, just a set of Transformers IDW trading cards uh, done with, like, another Humble Bundle. I think it's a cool idea. And if I can identify who all did all the artwork on the cards, then, hey, I've got easy things for people to sign if I ever remember to bring them to conventions. Um... I think that's all for my off topic though. I'm going to I'm going to remember something as soon as we finish talking, but that's just the way of things. Uh I think that brings us to the close of this episode, everybody. That that being Seth, who's the only other person in this call, but yeah. uh yeah, we're we're done for now. So uh take it easy if you're listening to this. It's probably uh the 25th or 26th. So merry Xmas. Happy holidays. Spelled with an A-Z-E, because it's a real daze. If you're in Canada, have a fun Boxing Day. If you're not in Canada, then get your country to get on the ball and have Boxing Day. Um, we'll talk to you after uh, after all that stuff with some Yuletide and whatnot. Let me, let me check dates here. Uh, the next time we record might still be... No, it'll, I think it'll still be December when we record next, but we'll see. You know, could, could get weird. Uh, either yeah, way... There's, like, going to be a whole week. Yeah. It's so I'm man like I know it's just the way calendars work, but something's really throwing me off with with Christmas being the weekend. Like, oh, I loved the last two couple years with it being on the weekend. Oh, we don't have holiday schedules at work if it's on the weekend. Ooh, that's the only reason why I'm not still at work now. <laughs> if oh, we man. had to do a holiday schedule, I'd still be at work. All right, well, keep it on the weekends then. Maybe we'll, no. what if we make it one of those holidays where it's not on a date, but it's on like a a, a weekend. Yeah. Observed. Yeah. <laughs> Birth of Jesus observed. <laughs> Listen. You could argue it already is. <laughs> and you probably wouldn't be wrong. The way I look at my own birthday is I treat it as observed because I'm like, you know what? I know it happened on a date, but I can't. I've said this before. I don't expect everyone to drop everything they're doing to do something on the 25th of August. So I just say, like, hey, as long as you're, like, within spitting distance of seven days of the 25th in either direction, I still think if you want to do a birthday thing then, you know, hang out, 
to have 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 a pizza or something. Uh, it still is important to me. I don't feel offended. You know, I don't feel sad. It's still in celebration of literally me. It's just not on like the actual specific date. Because <laughs> to me, uh, going on the specific date, like you know, of course, it's what your birth date is. But to hold it so well, personal, at least when that's it's... what people told you. Yeah. Like, do you remember the day you were born? Oddly, are you, yes. Are you sure that? I mean, everyone tells you it's this date. Supposedly, there's paperwork that proves it. But I uh, mean, did you do? You, did you see it happen? Well, I, yeah, they held a mirror up and like, let me tell you, it's one of those memories you don't think you're going to forget. But uh, what I'm saying is like, you know, you know, I, you know, you meet people who are like, I can't believe they didn't want to do anything on the literal date of my birth. It doesn't matter if they want to do it the day after. I'm kind of like, you know, unless you're going to celebrate the, the literal hour and minute of your birth, you're already fudging it. So ce- celebrate, you know, just in the vicinity of it, it still counts, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, hey, did you see Rogue One? I did. What'd you think? Um, this goes on for almost exactly ten and a half minutes. We don't really spoil anything, but we are talking in no spoiler thoughts on the film style. So if you don't even want to hear that, skip ahead ten and a half minutes to the like last five minutes of this podcast. I'm trying to be kind. I don't know, man. This is too short for a supplemental. We don't really spoil anything. But if you haven't seen Rogue One and you want to be utterly pure, ten and a half minutes starting now. Without spoiling anything, because that would be a dick thing to do at the end of a podcast. Uh, I thought, at the end, like, I enjoyed myself. I considered it to be, this is the way I put it, I felt I, I enjoyed it equally as much as I enjoyed The Force Awakens, but I think it did different things better and worse. So I don't think that they're like literally equal films, but as far as my personal like you know filling up the goodometer, they both kind of filled it up to the same spot. Um, there are a couple things in in the in the delivery of Rogue One that I wish had gone differently. Um, I read into some stuff that uh, about the production of it that seemed to fill in some of those gaps for me, where I'm like, oh, that's why this happened uh, the way it did. But I enjoyed it. Like the that the ending couple minutes of that film are super strong. And uh, the the CG resurrection of a deceased actor, I thought, was really, really good. Um, I, I think they could have had less of it, though, because it was kind of Uncanny Valley-ish. I think there's a few shots where just, like, a back of the head would have been enough. So I, I wonder... Or less close-ups, because <laughs> the close-ups is what get you. Because I, um, I felt like it was super well done... But I, it was. I I watched it in 3D and maybe that smoothed like the 3D maybe added a level of of that to everyone who was a real actor uh who wasn't digitally touched up and it smoothed yeah. it out more cuz like watching it in 3D I thought that was like that was literally a person they brought back to life is how that looked to me. Um yeah, no there was like a waxy uncanny valleyness to to it in the, in, to in, my eye. Did you see it in in 2D? Yes. Okay, that, yeah, because I think, it, given what I've read, it must be that, because, like, the 3D thing puts that kind of very slight filter over everybody, and doing that made him specifically, because there's two CG faces in the film. His, I thought, was as perfect as I've ever seen it. The second one, I felt, had that very slight waxiness. The second one, I thought, was absolutely unnecessary. Like... A shot from behind would have been completely sufficient to let you know exactly who the, that person was. 
Mm-hmm. Like they didn't need to turn the like spin rotate the camera around and go hard on the face and beat you over the head. Like there's there there are signifiers of how that character silhouette is that there's no there's no way you wouldn't know who I, it was. I thought it was adorable that they went that far though. Like when they yeah. actually pushed it, I was like, no, you know what? Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this this is this is the case of seeing someone go like you know what we're gonna do this because we can yeah. <laughs> not because we should and i'm like nah sure whatever do it <laughs> but the the other one um the the main one um like i'm not gonna tell someone who didn't enjoy it that they should or, or felt that it looked fake that it didn't it yeah. just was so good yeah that, like i i, I actually it's wished... the best of that that has happened yet in, I, in a movie. I kind of wished he had been in more of the film. <laughs> but that's also because I felt like I... I and this, this is going more into a critique I had of the, the film. I felt like I was more interested in the actions of that character than a lot of the other ones uh-huh. um, by the end of it. Um, well, I never said what I thought of Rogue One um, in general. So I liked um, Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I loved Rogue One. It's... Right now, I would say it's my third favorite Star Wars movie, period. Mm. After New Hope and, and Empire. Then I say Rogue One. I absolutely loved it. Um, and so um, Ro- or, uh, Gold Leader and Red Leader also have little appearances in the movie. And they didn't CGI those guys. They took uh, unused takes of those of those actors from new hope and and color matched and inserted them that and that kind of stuff i adore like i I love it when you're able to use old footage or unused footage and then like work it into something in a way where like obviously there's always levels of uncanny valley for everybody or little like you know little borders here and there but like as long as it's not me literally seeing the film grain disappear and reappear i'm usually pretty satisfied Mm -hmm. um and they're on screen so quick they're, they're there and gone so fast it's even if they were cgi they wouldn't have been around long enough for it to bother anybody it, it also helps that like every like you know force awakens shot all of their cockpit sequences so lovingly similar uh-huh. uh to the old films that stylistically that seems to just be the star wars thing now like Ro- uh, rebels does it as well um the cartoon where it's just if yeah. you ever see a cockpit shot it's always in framed in that specific way uh, in, in Rebels, whenever anyone in a cockpit dies, they always do it the way that they did in A New Hope, where it's like the cockpit just starts jostling and filling with smoke and the pilot just starts yelling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so then going back to the CGI character we were talking about, it like I noticed the CGI-ness. It didn't really bother me very much. It bothered my girlfriend more. Like that was her gripe about the movie specifically was that. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I've seen I've seen friends on Twitter say it was almost ruinous for them as far as being able to take the film seriously in some ways. And I was like, and for me, my reaction to, to the reveal was the opposite, where I actually spent a good 30 seconds. And again, maybe it's because I saw it in 3D with the glasses on. I spent a good 30 seconds going like, did they just find a guy who literally looks like that actor did? And I was staring at it for a second. And I was like, oh, no. OK, I kind of see that it's CG now, but like. It, it actually duped me for a good, like, half a minute. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, and then, I, then going into it, um, 
And then the, I completely agree with a complaint that I've heard a lot of people make about the movie of I don't know what any of the characters are named. Like I watched this whole movie, I can't name any characters except for kind of for a Jin. <laughs> I only know her name because I saw her toy a whole lot. I actually even even the guy, the other guy in Wave One, I still keep forgetting his name. <laughs> Yeah. It, it wasn't until after he finished wearing the jacket that his wave one toy has when I was like, oh, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember Maz. Um, that's the, the dude with the big gun. <laughs> I didn't know he had a name. Yeah. So going okay. into it. Yeah. I don't know the blind guy's name. It's but... OK. I know that because I saw a bunch of Donnie Yen articles and it's uh-huh. it wasn't pronounced this way, but it's spelled Chirrut. Uh-huh. Yeah, so going into it, like, and I think we brought it up on here, like, I went into it thinking, okay, Asian, blind, monk, martial arts, oh boy, that's a lot of tropes all piled together. That's corny. And it still is, but I love the interaction between those two guys. Oh yeah, the the actors... I could totally be down for, like, a short film just of like how those two guys became buddies or yeah, something. They, those two actors did a fantastic job. Uh, and I, I'm it's, it's not, it's, it's really weird for me to talk about still, but like, I, I'm still a little bit miffed at the characteristics Donnie Yen was chosen to portray, but he did them very well. And yeah. I, I've, I read his interview where he talked about, you know, he actually brought up when he was cast, he said, are you casting me as the token Asian for the China audience? And then he was given like he literally. Like, no, asked, there's another one. <laughs> he he asked the director straight up like, "Are you casting me as an Asian monk? Because I'm Asian and thus going to be a monk." And then <laughs> the director went like, "We we here's what your character actually is about." And he gave him some explanation about you know the guy's backstory. And then Donnie Yen was apparently way more cool with it. I'm sure he was also way more cool with it because he's going to be in a Star Wars film, and yeah. that that's a payday if they're up for his one. <laughs> But uh, yeah, like coming out of it, I didn't hate the character. It's just I, I still, if someone's going to say, so that character wasn't what you thought, huh? I'm still going to be like, no, I mean, he kind of was, but he did it really well. So I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I was being insulted when I saw the character. I'm just still a little bit bummed out that like that was our, you know, that, that was our Donnie Yen for the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, well, the other guy, like the guy that played Maz, his buddy, um, there's a scene where, Cassian kind of yells at everyone mm-hmm. and he just like flops back like I'm done even caring about this anymore sort of a thing I'm just going to flop back and like fall asleep or whatever mm-hmm. like just that little move I was like man I love this character yeah like I want to know more about this dude this dude is great and I love his interactions with his blind buddy who's like this totally devout monk dude and he's just like this hard-boiled soldier guy, and it's like ah, I just I really like those two. But yeah, uh, uh, Tudik's K two S O yeah or K two O S K two S O yeah he that character's awesome. That's maybe the best character in the movie. Makes me feel super good about sticking with my pre-order for the Fig Arts version to go with the that and the fact that I like you know. It's a model of droids, so I don't feel weird about having two of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, like, I'm, I'm cool with having the Black Series one and the Fig Arts one. Drill a hole in whichever one you like less and recreate that one scene. <laughs> or drill a bunch of holes in it and recreate a different scene. <laughs> yep, just just wreck my figures so I can justify having two. Or I could just put one in the box when I'm not looking at the other one. I don't know. 
um oh. i don't i don't want to talk too much more about yeah about the films it's it's still super new but uh yeah oh, at least i'll tell not you on, one thing on like, record i'll tell you one thing off mic yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you something, something off that, mic something that kevin smith said in his review <laughs> it has to do with k2 i thought you were gonna say it has to do with pot also that <laughs> <laughs> anyway we're gonna we're gonna close this episode up uh thanks for listening everybody uh we'll be back next week with some even team post christmas times and then we'll be back a week after that with some post new year's times with seth Whoa, buzzard oh it's gonna be a whole new year that's right that hopefully isn't as awful yeah get well soon carrie fisher because that just happened today what, what a, yeah what a, like <laughs> I, I am I am of the mind where at, at the end of the day I'm kind of agreeing with people who kind of go like listen 2016 is not a person and <laughs> you, you, at some point you got to stop blaming this measurement of time for things and like I, I I sort of defer to that thought process but like man the 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 circumstances that have led to the personification of 2016 yeah. as an individual i certainly can understand because seeing the news today about carrie fisher i was like for, for crying out loud am i in the matrix or something yeah. like is this is this like the truman show where they're just like at, turning on more bad things to happen yeah well and not to be too much of a bummer but like besides a bunch of like really popular celebrities dying there were multitudes of really horrible events around the world mm-hmm. um massive loss of life just awful awful stuff then personally i'm like going through i'm going to like the seventh month of this awful ridiculous amount of overtime and being shorthanded so it, it's been a rough year like not just however you land on politics however you land on you know terrible massacres <laughs> um celebrity deaths like it's just it's been a rough year it's, yeah it's like for you the cherry on top is also outside of all that it's been a rough year <laughs> yeah i i saw a, i saw a comic strip somebody drew uh, the other day online and it was a uh, it so it was a person curled up on the floor just getting walloped on by just like this faceless outline of a person where their face just said 2016 and was just beating the crap out of this guy and then like an alarm goes off and the 2016 goes okay i'm done and leaves and the person's getting up and is like oh thank god that's over and then the last panel is the the person brushing themselves off and looming behind them like not having been seen yet is this giant muscular 2017 (laughs) it's like oh boy that's probably closer to what's gonna happen (laughs) yeah i i'm inclined to agree with that as well like the notion like everything's gonna be fine once we change the calendar year i'm like no (laughs) i i I dare say maybe maybe the calendar year changing is us moving towards even more strife and stuff yeah. Uh, you know, don't just find find your escapes where you can, and then yeah. and then you know, be active where you can. Uh, and the meme going around last week, the meme of uh, like oh, me at the beginning of 2016, me at the end. I Some of that. those have been pretty funny. The Yamcha one from Dragon Ball like <laughs> yeah. cracked me up. That was great. <laughs> there was there was a pretty good a pretty good common writer Gaim one as well. Uh, it's like because that show also takes a dark turn in general. So they show the main character t- beginning of 2016 or 2016 main character looking all happy playing with his little, you know, his, his 
changing device and then like end of 2016 is from the end of the series when he's standing in the rain borderline crying and i'm like yeah <laughs> that that, yeah. that that's an accurate portrayal of two parallel journeys yeah <laughs> well, the yamcha one he was in a baseball uniform and he's like with me as the manager surely we'll we'll win and then end of 2016 is <laughs> yamcha face down dead in a crater <laughs> Oh, dead Yamcha is always so good. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'll talk Wrap to you guys up. later. Bye. Bye-bye.